I know you gentlemen have been through a lot. And when you find the time, I'd rather not spend the rest of this winter tied to this fucking couch! Three cinephiles have come together to bring you strong opinions, controversial statements, epic battles, and plenty of fun. Introducing our host. The man who watches 52 movies a week, drinks 52 beers a movie, loves women but hates the woman. From the foreign land of Canada, our host, Mood 616. He is widely known as the man who talks too much. His worst enemies are Postmaster P and Pee Wee Herman. He said Hellraiser was overrated and Leprechaun Origins wouldn't suck. He's the full-blooded half-Mexican. JP. Finally, we have the man who doesn't talk enough. He is best friends with Sean S. Cunningham. His favorite horror movie is Gummo. He is your favorite Jew and mine, Jeremy. Together, they are known for extending a helping hand to vampircons everywhere. They are the 22 shots of moods and horror. Yes, yes, y'all, it's going down right now. Episode 153 of the 22 Shots of Moods and Horror podcast is coming at you live. I am your host, the man who takes time off from the show to spend all his fat Patreon money on shit that I don't need. I am your ginger cloth, a.k.a. Moods. Yeah. And of course... I always got my two legitimate stepchildren by my side. First up, we have the diva Mexican who likes long walks in the hotel and to curl up with a 90s comedy because horror movies actually scare the shit out of them these days. Double Shot J, a.k.a. JP. And last up, we have the boy who resides 45 minutes out of Chicago and likes to avoid all human contact while hunting for dollar DVDs at Family Video. After he eats six McDonald's burritos and three hash browns, he gives no fucks about a diet. Sega Genesis Sucky Poo 45, a.k.a. Jeremy the Jew. What's going on, guys? Yeah. I'm really mad at you. You're leeching off of the Patreon. That was a great one. You motherfucker. <laughs> How dare you leech off of the Patreon? You know, you're making you're making your living just solely on the Patreon. How dare you? <laughs> Dude. How dare you live on $100 okay. a month? Okay, man. I am back in the house. I can't believe I didn't fuck that up. That was the first take. You know, yeah, it's it was pretty good. too much to do that. Um... So yeah, I'm back and <laughs> that was that has to be my favorite comment. I mean, I you know, once you once you take a little bit of a hiatus from the show, you know, the PMs and the messages, they they start rolling and people start asking questions like, Are you okay? Is it you know people thought I was having medical issues and stuff, and so I was, you know, just kind of beating around the bush. I never really told anybody what was going on, but but my favorite thing was the fact that I took time off to steal from the Patreon. <laughs> <laughs> that has to be my all-time favorite comment I've ever seen about the show. That really brought a smile to my face because not only are people willing to make that shit up, it's because, oh, man, like y- you must be making a splash, an impact on people if they're willing to say that stupid ass shit about you. I just loved it. God, that was awesome. That was really, really good. So, Dude, yes. if any one of us could live off the Patreon, like, that would be freaking awesome but unfortunately (laughs) unless your bills are like in the sense and you live in like the 1930s during the great depression (laughs) (laughs) you're not living off the patreon (laughs) nope oh man doesn't mean we don't appreciate it though yeah no absolutely hey look i've uh, we've been able to you know pay our website and and pay our you know pay jason lloyd and stuff like that uh not pay jason lloyd but pay um, for horophilia. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so, uh, we obviously greatly appreciate it, which, um, <laughs> by the way, 
we get we gave away that copy of Suspiria. It uh, went just so everybody knows. It, Amanda won won it, but she already had it, so she told us to pass it on. We offered to give her something else, but she said to pass it on. So um, our dude, our boy Sant, uh, what's his name? V- v- I just Vincent? call him. I just, call him the mus- I just call him the muscle dude. I'm not even joking. He's huge. I'm not even joking He's the here. muscle dude. I'm not even joking. We have a list of Patreoners like on a spreadsheet and stuff. And there's names on here like Michael Fisher, you know, Fan Eli, Rob Hankins. Muscle dude. <laughs> Literally him. says muscle dude. That's it, one that's it kills, so scary. It kills me scary. every time I see that, man. <laughs> muscle dude. He's huge, though. Yeah, that's Vinny. That, that's Vinny, man. Yeah. So that that's he, cool, man. Yeah, he was that so grateful. I, I, it like touched my heart. I was like, man, what an awesome guy. Like, we're grateful. Yeah, Thank I w- you. I was really happy that he got a copy of that too, because you know he's become a supporter, and you know, and he's been going through his own problems as of late, and and uh, still supporting the show, which is you know, that's just fantastic. You can't ask for any more than that. So that's really cool mm-hmm. to, that he you know would get that back. But you know, during my my time off here, I was um, I actually kind of felt sorry for you guys a little bit. <laughs> because <Good>. should have. <laughs> I, I honestly did because I was I was happy that you guys were doing the mini shots and getting some of the Patreon stuff out of the way and and uh, that that's good that those were getting done and stuff but the the <laughs> I couldn't help but notice everyone's like even though you guys managed to do those two mini shot episodes people were still like the fucking show is over it's over Armageddon <laughs> it's over and it's I'm like dying. okay they're it's still gone. going the two of the three members are still active right now. And it was the end of the fucking world, like Armageddon. Like somebody struck. even it, said, I've been reading on the internet that this show has jumped the ship. Like, Jesus <laughs> Christ. We've yeah. been gone for six weeks. Yeah, the, the ju- they jumped the shark or some we, shit. We've like, had was longer like, breaks. And honestly... That's what I couldn't there, get over. We've also yeah. had... To st- I personally... I think this was in like 2015 or 16. I stepped away for a couple months before... Yeah. And uh, the show did come back. It did yeah. continue back. So, um, yeah, that was pretty surprising. I, I don't know if it will was... feel better soon, and the show will be back on track. I saw some people think that the show is falling apart now. It's like Jesus Christ. It, it, it was only it was only six weeks. I mean, like we said, we've had longer breaks than this, so I was very surprised at the reaction. But then I I got thinking about it. And some of our longer breaks before were also before I think we had the Patreon. So I think people were getting a little bit impatient. And that's just the way the world goes nowadays. I mean, people, they get impatient. They lose interest in things so fast. You know, it's just because, you know, we had this conversation a little while ago about, you know, when I was growing up and stuff, we didn't have the internet. We didn't have the exposure to so much products and so much content and stuff. So, you know, when you watched a movie, like JP talked about renting a VHS and watching the movie five times. Nowadays, you would never do that because you have so much content. And Mm -hmm. I understand, like, if we're going to take long hiatuses, people are going to get a little bit squirrely and probably move on or whatever. They just, you can't keep their attention. And I I get that. I completely 100% get that because I'm I'm like that too, you know. (laughs) Growing up, I with music, you know, I would listen to albums. I'd buy two or three albums. I'd listen to them all week. Now, I'll be lucky if I replay an album within two weeks. I listen to probably 40 Mm -hmm. albums in that time. It's like... I'm trying to fit all this content in and trying to keep up and shit. And, you know, I get it. People just want to move on to the next podcast. You know, it's, I, we completely yeah, well, understand. The same thing happens with movies. If, yeah. if, you know, we have a ton of movies to watch, sometimes I don't take them in like I would if yeah. I'm spacing them out a little bit more. Uh, and it, it is a little bit different now, though, because before we could just take a break and nothing would happen. But now people are paying us to do things. So mm-hmm. it's like we do have to at least 
put our best as long as we put our best effort in to actually get stuff done i'm I'm pretty happy but everybody that actually does like the people who are complaining most are people who aren't actually supporting us in the, with you know actually the ones putting oh, down the, the money. irony the irony <laughs> but the people who actually put down the money to you know support the show those people complain the least i would say which is yeah. pretty interesting it is ironic it is ironic and i i, I noticed that also i i think it's because the people that are willing to put the money forward are the ones that know that we are going to get to it. You know, they and that they know. appreciate they the amount us. of time and work that it takes. They get it. Those people get it. And I think that's why they donate. Yeah. Unlike somebody named <coughs> Tori. <coughs> Sorry. <laughs> that motherfucker doesn't get it. It's Tori. Whatever the hell his name is. Whatever. Yeah. It, oh. It's, it's hard to get things when you're still attached to your mom's titty though. But listen, listen, you want to know what's crazy? While you were gone, we had the best Patreon month of our entire career. So thanks for that. (laughs) (laughs) It's like the weirdest thing, right? Uh, Like, dude, we did like we did so much more than than usual. It was a lot. I was like, holy crap, this is insane. Mm. Um, And just even the amount. There was like so many. There was like 39 or 40 people that were Patreon members. Mm hmm. Which is insane. That's really, really good. Um, which, speaking of which, we're giving away this month. Um, it doesn't come out till the end of March, though, so you'll get it in March. Yeah. But we're giving it away in February. Uh, Pet Cemetery on 4K. That cover is awesome, by the way. I love that that cover. Our first 4K. And Jeremy actually brought up an idea of maybe doing a bigger prize at the end of the year. 4K. Um, to anybody who had been a Patreon over the course of a year. Yep. Uh, so even if you left um, and the people you, you, you as long as you get in before the end of the month, you're eligible for the pet cemetery one. But another thing that I wanted to say, I do want to apologize to Sam again because we really dropped the ball on the Tetsuo show, yeah. um, which he he paid us to do. So um, we are going to return uh, and give him a free another roll of the dice with another show on that. Um, what do you mean? So, drop the ball on the show? Well, I mean, we, we, you weren't here for it for one. And then mm-hmm. two, we didn't really review each film. We just kind of reviewed the three as a whole. Um, just cause I honestly, at that point we had watched them so long before and they were kind of the same. And it, oh, like Jeremy, I, were the I, best at you know, <laughs> I even watched all of them twice and I, I st- didn't oh. even record but, so what? Just to kind of make up for that, what was your opinion on those three films? Uh, the first one I find is very—it's a unique film, man. I mean, even to this day, there's not there's not a whole lot of cyberpunk films quite like that. It's it's an interesting idea. Aesthetically, it's amazing. I think you know the editing style is fantastic in it too. I think it's a really fast-paced mind trip (laughs) you know it's just one of those films where you watch and you go fuck i could totally watch that again and probably catch something else i I think it's creative you know it doesn't overstate its welcome it's a very short film um i think there's a lot going for it i mean narratively i mean (sighs) there's not really much there it's a visual film Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. it's purely visual and that's what those type of films are generally the cyberpunk type stuff so I don't fault him for that, for not having, you know, a very cohesive narrative to it. It's visual. It's an editing style. It's it's a stylistic, artsy type film. And I think it really works for what it is. You know, it, it's a film that I, I just, 
I have a hard time understanding why you would make two more with the same <laughs> right? idea. Like, because it, the second one is just the same as the first one on a bigger budget. That's all but it is. It does have a little bit more story. It's it like almost like a revenge joint or something. Sure. Um, they, they, I, they, I, I didn't like the second that, one that that's, much. That's what my problem is, though. Like, I love the first Tetsuo film. I think it's a fantastic film. And then the second one totally is what you're – it is the same film generally – with a bigger highly and more the first, narrative. But I think the narrative is actually what hurts the second film because you try to incorporate some sense into it, but you're dealing with the same shit that went on the first one. It's like, yeah. <laughs> you can't incorporate sense into the movie because it doesn't fucking make sense. It's the most right? American Japanese movie ever made. Yeah. <laughs> it's like I mean, so highly influenced from films from that, from that time. You know, they from change, America. They change it aesthetically and visually too. It's in color. You know, that was one thing I really li- liked about the first film. It's black and white. The second one's in color. Um, it definitely has a totally different feel to it. I do like the second one. I think it's okay for what it is. You know, it's definitely a step down from the first one. And then the third one is really shitty. It's like it's like five <laughs> steps down from the second one, which is already stepped down from the first one. So these the, these things decline at a ramp, rampant pace, you know. And the third one's oddball. And me and Jeremy talked about this when we were going to record. And, so, and I was like, I didn't I'd never seen the third one before. And I was amazed. I started watching. I was like, this motherfucker's in English. <laughs> I was like, what the fuck? Uh, yeah. You thought it was dubbed. I was like, no. I was like, it was damn. shot in English. Yeah, it was totally shot in English. So that, that really tripped me out. But the movie itself was, it was pretty trashy. It's a shitty, I don't know. I didn't care for the third one at all. Yeah, I didn't care so. for the third one. The second one I thought was okay. And I, surprisingly, you weren't there for the show. And I don't think you listened to the, the two mini shots that we did, did you? No. <clears throat> Uh, I didn't think thanks for the support thanks for the support (laughs) asshole (laughs) um but yeah uh we I actually did come in you know fairly high on the original Tetsu I it just lost me at the end a little bit with the like kaiju battle almost I'm not a huge fan of that um and then uh, I didn't like the I didn't like the third one at all I thought it was super weak but another thing that we did that you weren't there for was Lost Highway Mm -hmm. and that was actually pretty interesting i like that that movie was fun and and jeremy did a good job on talking about that one and i went and watched like a bunch of more things about it afterwards and i completely get the film now and i like it even more than i did when i watched it Mm. but that would have been a cool one to have you on for yeah you know what man i wish i had been on for that also because i haven't seen it in a long time you know, I just I just remember I remember the Trent Reznor soundtrack and, and it being so fucking cool and, you know, very visually. Aw- it's David Lynch, man. You know, mm-hmm. there's, there's not a cohesive narrative there, but I mean, there's definitely shit there. Um, but yeah, I would love to revisit. That's too bad. I didn't get to do that. The one I wanted to talk about, though, was Red to Kill because I. Oh, yeah, you weren't. I for some reason in my head, I thought you were there for it. No, we actually had that one was fun to talk about, too. Yeah. Um, and we, but I, I like, I don't, did you like it, Jeremy? I can't remember. Really. I liked it. I, I liked like it. I, I it think was it was mind blowing. Like it was <laughs> so disturbing. It's a, it's a great category three film. I mean, the content is so brutal, like raping a mentally challenged person. And, and the fact that they use like real handicapped people in the film was also, it's shit. That Which you just, I didn't even know. You about. just don't <laughs> see that in, you, you just don't make films like that anymore. You really yes, can't. You do. It's called the ringer. Yeah, I guess. I guess they definitely, <laughs> you know. But even The Ringer came out before everything got so PC. You yeah. know, I don't think you would see that in 2019 using, Dude, I was watching exploiting the- them basically, you know. So. Listen, watching the American Pie movies, Yeah, 
uh, recently, which you, you anybody who follows me on Letterbox Double Shot J would see that I've been going through them, dude. I don't even think those can be made now. They're so like misogynistic and like you, have to, you didn't they, watch. They're blockers, like really, I'm really. You, against... Watch blockers. I know you're not gonna like it, but just watch it. Uh, it's. it's it, it has similar themes going on. Does it though? Is it is it referring to cock blocking? Yeah, it's the parents. They're yeah, trying to the stop parents. their kids from having sex. Yeah, <laughs> blockers. But I'm saying like, I'm saying like, the the American Pie movies like are really misogynistic. <laughs> oh, yeah. putting it's, a flute, putting a flute up your pussy. I mean, come on. Yeah, but that's that's. I'm not saying that like. I the, I'm saying like they're like. You know the way they treat women, and some of them are are kind of bad. And uh, I think that um, it would just be different nowadays. Like there's there's a scene where Stifler just walks in and smacks a girl's ass at a party, and I'm like, yeah, I feel yeah. like that would be like super. They nobody would put that in a film nowadays because of the Me Too and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but yeah, super interesting on that. Uh, but I haven't yeah, seen so, those in a long time. Oh, dude, it was so fun revisiting them. I have them on Blu-ray. Just- they're all on Netflix. And the package, dude. Have you guys seen that? Oh, speaking of comedies, dude, the package is <coughs> funny. What the hell's that? A dude accidentally cuts a kid. These kids go out camping, and and one of them accidentally cuts his dick off, and it's like a race to try to get him back his dick. It's the funniest Jesus. fucking movie. The I'm package, watching. dude. It, it's when it's a Netflix original. That's like funny. late last year. Yeah. It is the. I think it's the funniest movie I watched in a long time. Besides Dead Shack, that was really funny. But this isn't a horror movie. It's just fucking hilarious. You got to see it. Well, getting to future shows. I mean, we haven't done a show in like six weeks, something like yeah. that. Seven weeks. Um, how are you guys doing on the seventy-two show? We haven't set a date for this, but this is something yeah, that did. has been. Oh, there's a date. Is there? Yep. It is the last weekend in April, like it is every year. All right, so yeah, I mean, first, Unless first, first, first day back, back right? on the job. First day back on the job. <laughs> we, um, we've actually done the last weekend in April. This would be, the I think, the third or fourth year in a row that okay. we've had it. Uh, we've recorded on the last weekend. And the reason I know is because that's the weekend of the drive-in, which I go to every year. Okay, so essentially we have just over two months to to finish our prep for the 72 show. How are you guys doing on it? I have five watched. Wow. You really no slacking. Comment. Jeremy probably hasn't even watched got, one. Um, I think Carly's at 10 or 11. I've been, I've been just kind of periodically popping them in here and there. I think I've watched 17. Brandon, Brandon is like, He's Brandon, in the 50s or Brandon, 60s now. Brandon has watched 215 movies this year so I far. I know. It is like, because he's doing that stupid hundred or a thousand movie challenge. Which yeah, but is, even like that's already a fifth of the way there, and it's only the second month. Yeah, I know. Well, Brandon does have a plan though. He wanted to get really far ahead so he could take some time off. Yeah, <laughs> but I, think I told it, him he's, he's beating himself hit up. Though. Yeah, I know. He's not going to slow down. That's the problem. Then yeah, by the end of the year, the he's going to be so miserable, and then he's not going to want to do the year end sh- or show <laughs> top ten. He's like, fuck it. I can't prep yeah. for that shit, man. But yeah, I'm actually doing good this year already. I'm on pace to beat my record, which I literally don't want to do. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, it's crazy. But um, I've been. I feel like I've been modestly watching films, and I broke a hundred yesterday. I'm at 101. It's insane. <laughs> like, it's fucking crazy. I don't know how that even happened. So yeah, I really got to get on the 72 show I'm because like, I'm really behind. For 72. 
No, for this year. Well, that probably too. I've been on. I've, I've watched so far like eight. I think like half my watches for seventy two are TV films. And I tell you, man, the early the early seventies or right through the seventies, man. There's so many, you know, good TV films. It's crazy. Like I wish that shit still happened, but uh, yeah, I don't know, man. I'm having fun with it so far. Yeah, you know, not so. to be that guy or anything, but if anybody next month wants to give me seventy two films for Patreon, I wouldn't be opposed to it. Hint, hint, wink, wink. <laughs> what a bunch of <laughs> shit nudge, is that? Nudge. <laughs> That's some fucking bullshit. Hey, this guy, he, need, he needs fucking motivation. Films that people probably want to hear about. The show itself and us bitching at him every day isn't motivating enough for him. He's got to get paid to do it. <laughs> uh, oh, man. Um, That's great. Wait, somebody did do that, though. I had sisters. Well, I think it's also I because had, you had, had mentioned sisters. on the show before that you'd never seen it. Yeah. yeah. So they I do that a lot. Yeah. They do that a lot, a lot. <clears throat> Which I appreciate. Yeah. I appreciate them forcing me to watch. Stuff I don't say anything. People just give me what they want to give me. Yeah. Well, yeah, you do. You bitch about the stuff they give you, and then they're like, Haha, "This is funny. I'm gonna make him yeah, mad." You do and realize you every time you complain stuff. about some shit, they go. Actually, I didn't have one bad film this month besides one, and that one wasn't even bad because it's not watchable. It's just not a good movie. Yeah. So I had a good month because. There was no Mikey Fisher. I had a pretty good month as well. Honestly. Oh yeah, Fisher didn't give you anything this month. It was me and JP that got. Yeah, because he was full. I was full. Yeah. Crazy. Um. Yeah, it was funny when the picks started rolling in. Jeremy had nine before I had two. <laughs> Same with moods. Yeah, it was weird. I was like, everybody was giving me. I had one. Moods had one, and, and Jeremy had nine. At first, but then more kept coming. I was like, "What the?" I was getting them like. Halfway people gave the people gave me more, but I was like, "You have to give them the JP or moods because I already had, I was already filled up, so I would have had a lot more." Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, speaking of those watches, um, are we going to split this episode into two? Kind of. Are we doing that. Really? Just so, Why are we talking about that on the show? Well, because I mean, it doesn't matter. Might really matter. I'm saying, are uh, you wanted to mention that the where the what we watched picks are going to go? We're just going to do a what we watched episode next week. Yeah. So there will be no what, what we meant. watched. Well, I'm saying split the episode into two. Is in we planned on doing one big episode, but now we're going to do two episodes instead. Okay. Yes. yes. Sure. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. You you're the one that said to bring it up. <laughs> No, I just said bring it up that next week we're doing a what we watched. Yeah, episode. that's what not I'm that, saying. But not you that we were already planning. told everybody. Listen, wait, listen. You nice. were upset because you already told everybody we were doing one mega episode, and I'm saying it's now split into two episodes. That's what I'm saying. I think you were referring to me saying something else. All right. Yeah, we're probably due for one anyways. At what we watched, it's been a while. Yeah. Because I think all together we have like thirty almost. It's like shy of thirty, like twenty seven what we watched that we need to do. Yeah. So it would be a really big middle to, to do them on this show, you know, before the thing reviews. So yeah, we'll just do I them agree. next week. I agree. I agree. So do we have any more housekeeping, anything to talk about before we move? Join on? the new 22 shots discord. Yeah, we have a, we have a discord now. 
Oh, one thing that I've been wanting to mention for a long time is Jason Lloyd got us on Spotify. So now we're on Spotify as well, which is huge, I think, because Spotify is the music app. Is the music app. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I have a Spotify account. Um, That's how I listen to most of my music. But you can also listen to podcasts on there now, which is pretty damn nifty. Um, and yeah, the Discord, Jeremy created the Discord. It's pretty cool. If you're not familiar what Discord is, it's essentially like Skype, but not a clue. It's like you're on it all the time and it's a chat. It's basically like a chat. It's like a group chat on Facebook mixed with Skype almost. And uh, it's pretty neat because you can like pin things and have different like channels for like show announcements and like news or whatever. It's pretty cool. I, I like it. I haven't been on a whole lot lately. I've been really busy, not feeling the greatest, but uh, I recommend joining. What is it, Jared? How, how do they join? The link will be in the description. We'll have to add the link because it's not like a s- simple link, but I'll put the link down below in the description in the show notes. So if you want to join, just click the notes and it should take you to the Discord. And people have seemed to like it. I think we have like 25 or 26 people on there and people are talking every day and things like that. So another place to talk to the fans of the podcast. So yeah, instant gratification. Yeah, yeah you pretty much got to break, like bend my arm to get me on th- new things like that. I'm like, man, I, we got Skype, we got fucking, we got it actually Messenger, is pretty cool, it's and pretty then we got this kind of like this just, other thing. It's like, holy shit, how many outlets do we need, man? I just, I don't want to put it on my phone. That's the thing. I don't want to put it on my phone because I'm already too distracted at work and places with things. I don't need another thing to be distracted by. So I'm not putting it on my phone. I'll put it on my desktop, and and whenever I'm there, I'll I'll hop on. But it's yeah. pretty cool. Send me the link for that, and I'll throw it down in the in the description. Right. So. Yeah. And speaking of which, we need to make sure we're sending because okay, there's an app called Podcast Addict, which that's how I listen to podcasts, um, and a lot of people use it. It's one of the. It's probably the most popular on Android. Uh, and if you listen to a podcast on Podcast Addict, for example, Exploding Heads. I was listening to them Don't and to them. on their page <laughs> on their page. They've been putting out some really good. Their Friday show is ridiculous. If you haven't listened to it, got uh, listen. <laughs> They're the only fucking podcast in the world that can make up scenes and review the made up fucking hypothetical scenes. <laughs> Dude, it was, the, it was such a funny moment though, because uh, Dave is going on this long, like tangent about like, like, um, Pamela Voorhees <laughs> backstory and yeah. like how she could be, cook and this and and all he's like reviewing a scene that is a hypothetical scene in his head and brandon is like dude you're reviewing scenes not even in the movie it's like one of the funniest moments. i literally couldn't stop laughing and that's pretty much um, the reason why that full episode is like 16 hours long yeah i think it's two well it's two episodes yeah two eight episodes but, but i mean as a total for a franchise Dude, they it's they impressive. have they own the record for the longest fran- well, yeah, no, well, Halloween. Hours. Our Halloween is pretty long. It's yeah, 12, but it's, it's like 12, 12 hours. hours. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so they but there is three more films in Friday or two more films, so I don't know, maybe and plus maybe. that Halloween show is totally dated cuz, you know, we didn't have the new one on there. But Yeah. Yeah, that is true. And also the Child's Play show is going to be dated this this year as well. 
It's another roundup. I was going to say, it's probably going to be another franchise roundup show coming. Well, don't we still need to do that, though? Yeah, well, we still need to do... There's two Leprechaun films we need to do now. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then also um, the new Halloween. Yeah. Or we No, we did the new Halloween. We did the Halloween. There, there's a few... There's a few uh, wait. Phantasm. Phantasm. That was the other one. Yeah. Um, but anyway, to circle back to what I was saying, on that app, like when I click on Exploding Heads profile, there's a big banner that says support this podcast with a little money sign. And I was like, what's this? And I click it. And it takes you directly to their Patreon. And I was like, what the hell? I was like, I typed and look, in we're not even on there and we're still kicking their ass. So I was like, I was going to say, apparently nobody's you're the only one that actually clicked on that banner. <laughs> They're doing good. They're doing good. <clears throat> he doesn't um, even listen to our show anymore. Should, He's so jealous. They should jealous. be doing better. I'll tell you that. <laughs> I'll tell you that. For the amount of work that they put into, they should be doing fucking amazing. Um, but I put in... You guys don't listen to them. They're really good. They're fucking hilarious. Um, but I type in 22 shots of moods and horror, and we don't have one. And I was like, what the fuck, man? Why don't we have a little money sign that says support us? So I did some investigating. I reached out to the company. I was like, what's the deal? Why do you not like us? What's going on here? And then they're like, no, it's just because you don't have the link to your Patreon in your description because it automatically makes that banner if you do that. And I was like, and I went and looked. None of our episodes have our Patreon link. Uh-oh. None of them. Come on, moods. I think that's a Jason Lloyd. I yeah. think we need to go after Jason Lloyd on this one because I know I've sent him the Patreon link and I asked him if he could add it to the no, notes. No, on all my videos I have the – yeah, he must not be putting it on there because it's in there. The Patreon link is, is part of the links. It's the fucking first link. Not on our podcast page. I'm not even – go click on any one of the, the video uh, vi, um, videos – video videos? Video podcast. And you scroll down, it'll have show notes, and then it'll be broken up into links. And the very first link after links, colon, says Patreon. See, right, on on it. there, on uh, the the iTunes thing, the very first link after the show notes is Terror Threads, That's our affiliate link for that one. <laughs> yeah. Hey, we got paid $5 from them one time. I'm not even joking. And then it has a website, Facebook, Twitter, email, iTunes, Horphilia, which... Wait, another $5 that Moods could leech off of? Yeah. Yeah. It's got the voicemail, and it's got our YouTube pages. It even has body bags and our letterbox pages. So there's literally everything there. So I don't know what Jason's doing. Okay, because... so our letterbox pages aren't here, and... So he's cutting I, off... These the... are old ones. This is like the old... The, I don't think he ever updated it from when I set him to update it. Because yeah. these are all our oldest. Yeah. So literally, lives. literally, click on a video and it's right there. It's the very first thing Patreon. So, what, so and I copy and paste that. The story every... is we need to fix this so we can get paid and moods could leech off of it. Yes, I need I need more. Whatever the hell I was buying with all that Patreon money, I don't know. Crack and horrors and marijuana and the, you know the natural things. Yes, prostitutes and coke. Yep. But I yeah. So I mean, you might want to message Jason and be like, dude. What the fuck, man? Why is the Patreon link being cut <laughs> off here? That's kind of bizarre because I actually have it saved in my pages here. Like I just copy and paste from uh, when I'm doing my show notes. It's the same thing every single time. Yeah, but you don't send that to him, right? I do. You just send him the show notes, right? 
I send the show notes. I've sent him. The, yeah, no, I don't send him that part because what's the point? Yeah, exactly. So he has an outdated permalink thing. Like, you know, the ones that we keep every time, his is outdated. We need to fix that. That's right. That's right. All right. So, so solving problems live on the 22 shots. <laughs> live. Here's some news. News. Well, is, that, uh, is that everything that we got? I think so. Okay, cool. Well, then let's kick this motherfucking shit along and get into some news. We'll do it live! Fuck it! Do it live! I can, I'll write it and we'll do it live! Alright, so, first little bit of news here. A couple of releases announced, which I thought were pretty cool. Uh, from Criterion, we have Funny Games, which I've reviewed Velvet. on the show. And Blue Velvet. Yep. Which is pretty cool. Or Lynch. Or Lynch, or which I think that was rumored, Blue Velvet. I think that was rumored. Time. Blue Velvet on Criterion? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Good. I'm excited about Funny Games, too. Good, strange. I, I reviewed that on the show. Funny Games is pretty awesome. Man, yeah. I always remember, every time I think of that film, I always think of the one part where the dude's just, like, standing there. Oh, fuck, man. It's it's such a creepy-ass film. It's yeah. like all Lynch films, you know? They're not really, oh wait, like, straight-up horror that. films, <laughs> but, like, they have the creepiest shit in them. Yeah. Yep. Great movie. Um, so this is another little bit of news here. Um, Corey Feldman joins the cast of Friday the 13th fan film, 13 fanboy. What else the hell is he? What the hell else is he? An doing? original cast member of one of the, the best. They're all, Friday there's a bunch th- in there. Yeah, there is. A, but they also got D Wallace. But I love um, how it's a fan. F- that's awesome. That's amazing. Well, you know, it, it's interesting because it's a fan film directed by Deborah Voorhees or wow. Deborah Sue Voorhees. I think the guy from what's the guy's did name? Did she direct it, or did it's her boobs direct it? It's the guy. It's the guy that what, tried what's to. What's that? Rip, did she or her boobs direct it? Oh, <laughs> it's the what, guy that no. tried to rip me off at a uh, flashback by trying to sell me the Alice Cooper autograph. Uh, no, CJ Graham. Yeah, he's that's playing Moose's, Jason. That's his. Mo- no, they're not doing Jason. Well, he's in the two. Then I know. I thought I read that somewhere. He is in it, but he's not. Get, they're not actually having Jason in it. Yeah. Oh, um, really? Hmm. Yeah, it's just it's it's a deranged Friday the Thirteenth fan stalks the woman from the famous franchise. That's the plot. <laughs> uh, but we have C.J. Graham, we have Tom Matthews. So everyone's playing themselves in the film, then? Ju- yeah, Judy <clears throat> Anderson from Final Chapter, Tracy Savage from Part Three, and Ron Sloan from New Beginning, and now Corey Feldman and D. Wallace. So I imagine it's going to be like. Uh, like all these people do conventions and stuff and it's yeah. like oh like as you know almost like <clears throat> adrian king you remember she had that stalker from yeah. when she was actually in the movies like in real life yeah. i imagine it's gonna be like that acted out Decept- how can you stalk that lady she's so nice that lady was like one of the nicest people i've ever met i don't yeah. think stalkers really care if you're nice yeah enough, that's but... not really their they're not like well this person that's not their nice. mo yeah, shit, stalk them. <laughs> Does Debbie Sue Voorhees do conventions? I don't, I don't think I've ever seen her on a nah, convention bill before. I've never. I, mean, never I would literally show up to that convention to meet her just to stare at her boot. I, I wonder how big those things are now. We could probably interview her, honestly. 
I'm, I'm, now I'm, I don't know. If I'm, honestly, I'm very, I'm very, you know, interested in how this came about and how she's directing it. That's just interesting to me that she's well, not really I'm part, part of, of her whole... group. I'm part of her group page on Facebook somehow, yeah. and she talks a lot in there. Like she's pretty interactive with like the fans. Yeah, that, that's and pretty, um, that's pretty interesting. Yeah, because you know, so, like, I mean, hey, I'm 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 glad that she and she's like it. She like watches horror movies and stuff like that. I think she goes and sees new stuff. But hmm. um, I'm pretty happy that she's doing something. You know, that's cool. That's cool. Yeah, I, you know, yeah. you would expect if anyone was going to direct a fan Friday film, it would be someone that was probably you know doing this the guest spots on the convention circuit and shit. Just that's very interesting to me. But that's cool, though, man. That's cool. Uh, another cool little bit of news. The Witch, my number one horror film of 2016, getting a 4K release. Yeah, buddy. I'm curious to see how that looks. It's a very bleak movie, so. Uh, dude, I bet. It, I, I, I don't know. All I know is it already looks stunning on Blu-ray. So if it even looks better, I don't even know what I would do. Um, so after that, uh, we have Art the Clown. Good old Terrifier sequel being written. The screenplay, draft one, has been complete. Which, um, the Dread label that's currently existing, I guess, what, Dread Central? Dread Central, yeah. uh, Percent. They they changed it to just Dread. Oh, okay. Yeah, that was came out in a press release recently. Wow, that's that's Um, so boring. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, uh, well, it's more of like a label, just like Dread. Like instead of like a Dread Central, I don't know. I, I don't know why. There's a movie called Dread. Yeah, and it's awesome. Yeah, it is a good. It's, <laughs> act, it's actually yeah, it's based off a of fucking Barker story. I think. So, oh, I'm talking I, about Dread, the fucking Judge Dread movie. <laughs> Judge Dread. Jesus, there's the probably the lone one. The Stallone. No, one. no, no, the Dread one from a few years <laughs> yeah, I know, ago. No, I know. Yeah, that movie's I mean, fucking awesome. That that movie is awesome, and it blows the Stallone one out of the water. I love when people try to defend the Stallone. One. They're like, "No, that one's way better." I'm like, "Dude, you didn't watch the new Dread film, yeah. did you?" I'm actually really excited about this potential sequel, and you know, the Dread label it seems to be actually pretty good. Like, I I've only seen a couple films that they've released, but. Um, it seems like they're making some waves and that's you know, the same that, line that put out those double features that, that have like the full reversible. Is that the same yeah. line? That I'm, yeah. So mm-hmm. you, yeah, they're yeah. numbered. They, they, their line yeah, is and numbered. And they released, but... uh, extremities. Is that the name of the one? The one yeah. I'm, I'm staying away from that yeah. shit. Cause I don't need another fucking <laughs> line to collect. That's numbered. Screw yeah. But they're, they're actually pretty affordable. Like I think their new releases are like 15 bucks when they their come DVDs, out. So. Their DVDs aren't numbered. Only but, um, they're releasing that new St. Agatha movie, that Darren Lynn Bilesman movie. I started watching oh, yeah. it because I had a screener and I just never got to finish it. Um, I think the screener expired. Um, and then uh, they're releasing that movie, The Golem, which has been making some noise. Yeah. So yeah. They're, they're kind of uh, an up and coming type of maybe like art exploitation y type thing, but not as obscure. Um, and it kind of reminds Terrifier me, too. it almost reminds me of like an updated, like eight films to die for type thing yeah. without the yeah. festival. I guess these are, they're just kind of releasing these films, but you know, yeah. no, they're like bloody disgusting selects. Yeah. Yeah. Or, or that or, extreme. Or, or, yeah. Or, those are, that's perfect. That, that, that would make more sense. Yeah. 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 Which are bloody disgusting selects or, or that didn't Gordon last very long. You know, and the that's DVDs are, they're fucking expensive. Yeah. Bro, that bloody looked. disgusting. Like those the things were kind of cool. Sells for like, the woman sells for like 
30 to 35 bucks now. It was a cool line, but they didn't put out enough films. There was like maybe 15 movies that they put out and that was it. Yeah. It's kind of yeah. like the Fangoria lines. Fangoria you would buy them out- and they wouldn't have the banner on it. Like they would just, re- they would be released like without the banner. Like, I don't know why, but. I do. I have one look- found footage one. I believe it was a Canadian release and it doesn't have it. Right. And I was like, ah, that's kind of lame. So I kind of stuffed it in the middle. I'm like, fuck, it's going to the collection. The Dimension Extreme label, if nobody has all of those, which I don't have all of them because no. someone on horror and stuff, but um, I imagine that those are out of print already. Yeah. But, you know, there are probably still some exist out there. I have a so fair amount of just them. Get more and more expensive. I have a fair amount. I never went out of my way to collect those or anything, but. I got a fair 13 of games of death. That movie's fucking awesome. They've released so cool. many good movies. Like the honestly the like the Dimension Extreme movie, line was really good. Yeah, yeah. Uh but yeah, so Terrifier 2 on the way. Better than Fangoria's shit. That. Remember that that five line we did that show way back in the yeah. day, those Fangoria. Yeah, there's a couple different lines of there is. Uh, Fangoria. There's um the one with skin, skin deep, deep and like yeah. insecticide and oh, that line. Man. That line was horrible because skin deep is pretty bad and insecticide might even be one of the worst movies ever made <laughs> and but it did and, have like uh, so sangre. they did had raw meat on there though that was pretty cool right yeah yeah i think Great. people like that one Hit or mess. dead meat or something not raw meat raw meat is yeah dead one. meat dead meat's a fun zombie film it is yeah uh, and it's got that so sangre film too which is actually kind of cool yeah and then there was that other line that had pig hunt and hunger and dark house and and that one that you made uh dave yeah, watch hunt. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, I think there was like there was eight of those films, and I think maybe two of them were decent. Nah, I think that three are right. The Dark House, um, Pig Hunt, and Hunger. Yeah, Dark House is that the one with Jeffrey Combs with the the fucking? Yeah. it's got yeah, the Victor really kind of eighty. Is that Victor Salva? No, no, he did another. Film. It's got the Dark cheesy he ass did, like, uh, 80 effects. He did. Yeah. It's called Dark House too, but it had. Yeah. Uh, it's not called Dark House 2. It's called Dark House. It is called Dark House. It's also called Dark House. That's a better thing to say. God. <laughs> uh, yeah, but they've done a few different of those like iterations of Fango Presents type things. And mm-hmm. most of the time they suck. Oh, yeah, I have Dead Meat right here. I didn't even realize. Well, it basically yeah, crumbled when the whole magazine went to shit. Remember like, they when they just stopped sending me copies of Fangoria? I was like, yep. fuck you, motherfucker. Yeah. Still to this day, yeah. never got anything out of that. They never responded to my emails either. Fuck Vangoria. I know Jeremy's all about collecting them and shit, but I'm still saying fuck Vangoria. Well, their new magazine seems to be doing pretty good. Yeah. And it's expensive as shit. What do they have? I know. What do they have? Like, like 20 bucks a piece. Yeah, because they're, I, they must be super issues because they only have, what, three or four issues a year? Four. So it's quarterly. So they're doing them every three months. So yeah, so they got to be thicker and shit. But so, I mean, but 20 bucks though? Yeah. <sighs> That's expensive for a magazine. Dude. You should see what they're going for on eBay. Yeah. Oh, I can they're imagine. Going for like, they're going for like fifty to sixty. And, and they're and they're still in print. Mm, I'm not sure about that. I'm not sure how it works now. Yeah, I'm not sure you could get them anymore. I think because like I don't even think you could buy them from Fangoria. So are you serious? You so like the, the only because uh, they're not selling in stores, right? So you have to subscribe no. to Fangoria, and once the next one comes out, they're not in print anymore. Actually, that kind of makes sense. Because if you can only get it through this description, why would they have? Why would they still be printing them? Yeah, mm-hmm. right. Unless they're unless they're selling back issues. Because I mean, if you collect Rue Morgue or 
whorehound or you know you can still get back issues Crap, yeah. Fangoria used to be like that but then yeah, I don't think they had a warehouse it. fire and it fucked everything up yeah like gore zone and shit you can get back issues so yeah um so yeah that is I don't even know what that was what we were talking about uh releases <laughs> and not terrifier 2 22 shots of tangents yeah. terrifier 2 and um, Dread so they did announce that Universal is handing the reins to the Universal Monsters franchises to Blumhouse, starting with uh, Invisible Man, which is going to be lower budget, character driven, and directed by Lee now, which I think is great. Starting yeah. with one of the best ones. Interesting. And, and have a reputable director who knows what he's doing. Yeah, I think everybody was impressed with Upgrade um, yep. from, from now. And uh, oh. he's definitely come he's, a long way from. He's only directed like two films. Yeah, well, Insidious three and yep, and Upgrade. Yeah, which I like Insidious three a lot too. He was always sort of under the, you know, under behind James Wan's shadow, but it seems like he's coming into his own now. So yeah. that's pretty cool. I'm I'm really happy about yeah, that. Upgrade I like was, him. Upgrade was one of my favorite non horror films last year. It was sitting in the top three. And um, I think we're. I think that. You know, the handing it to Blumhouse is the way to go because those failures of uh, the relaunches with the uh, Dracula, Tom Cruise Dracula, and no Tom Cruise Mummy, you dumbass. Tom Cruise Mummy, and <laughs> yeah, the it was other Mummy. One. What was the other one? There's Dracula. so, there's there's so many of these fucking Dracula, Dracula and Toll. There's like a million of them, man. Yeah, I, but the the ones done by Universal or the official franchise. Yeah, right? I don't know. I don't know. Um, so yeah, that's pretty cool. I'm, I'm, I think that's the way to go in terms of universal and plus I'm down with it. Invisible man needs, I could use another update. Hmm. Um, after that, just got two more things here. So this is pretty interesting. Eli Roth is getting set to film a new horror movie for Miramax and why that's interesting it's just speculation, but it's gotta be. It's gotta be. Yeah. As we know, Miramax owned the Grindhouse films, right? Yep. Yep. And we know that Eli Roth directed a segment in the Grindhouse movie in 2007 called Thanksgiving, which was a Thanksgiving themed slasher film. Thanks Killing, you dumbass. Think, think. What? It's called Thanks Killing. It's not. It's called Thanksgiving. Oh, okay, I'm a you're, retard. You're then. an idiot. Thanks Killing is the Killer Turkey movie. Yeah, are All you right. dumb? Yep. And there is three what's of those, but there's, but there's I'm only two movies. I'm retarded. That's what's wrong with me. But there's only two movies. Actually, Thanks Killing is the only movie ever to skip its own sequel and make a. No, nah, that's not true. Well, you it, it's just talked a, about one in your Vinegar Syndrome update. It's a fucking. It's just a. It's the tagline <laughs> to the third. But movie. Di- didn't didn't you say that? One oh of yeah, films. the Executioner Part Two, and there's no Part One. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's so funny. Um, so, uh, yeah, one, it's uh, a horror film produced by Miramax, co-written by Jeff Randall, who co-wrote Thanksgiving, filmed in Massachusetts. Plus, Roth said in 2016 that he has a draft he's not totally happy with but he wants to put some more work into it so it'll live up to the trailer could it be finally he's never shot he's never said it's dead he's never said it's not gonna happen in fact he's always said that it's probably gonna happen one day could it be well, that he, he finally he, does 
I mean, it, it makes sense because Eli Roth at heart is a fan too. And I think that, you know, he's aware of the internet, the interwaves, and I'm sure he reads blogs and, and other things. And he probably, well, just... he probably, he probably, you know, recognizes the fans wanting that film, you know, and maybe it's that time. He's just Dude. done two directors for hires at this point in a row. So I think he's, I, I said this maybe, yesterday. Maybe in my that's live why stream. he did it. But maybe I said this yesterday in my last stream, we were talking about it. Uh, me and somebody was talking about it when I was driving home that he's done two director for hire movies now. So I feel like he he's going to make a film for himself now because he's done those two other films. Well, so he did those movies to get money, probably to to try and get the the ball ro- rolling on this one. That's how I see it. Yeah, I don't know, but it does yeah. make sense. Isn't right? it weird how? Like he was, <laughs> like he was gone for so long, right? Like he made Cabin Fever, Hostel, Hostel Two, and then nothing. He just he was still like there, but like he hadn't done anything. And well, now he's say, done he more now he in the past couple years than he had in the first part of his career. I mean, he was working constantly. I mean, if you look at his his history, like he was producing a lot of films, he was involved yeah. in a lot of projects. He just stepped away from behind the cameras. Essentially, what he yeah. did. You know, he's always kind of been around, but yeah, yeah, he's been around, but not directing. And now he's directed, you know, Green Inferno, Knock Knock, Death Wish, as well as The House with the Clocks in the Wall. He did that TV, sh- um, Eli Roth's History of Horror. Yeah, which was really good. Yeah, that's coming to shutter. <laughs> it's so kind of funny. I think AMC. the first half of his career was a little more prolific than the second half here. Oh yeah, definitely. But I mean, that <laughs> it definitely that happens declined. so often. But another reason. Another reason, you know, since his films definitely don't stack up against the first half of his career, I think right now is even it, it makes even more sense to do Thanksgiving, right? Yeah, that's the mm-hmm. film that the fans want. It's like it's kind of putting the fucking. Do the fans fuck- want it though? Yes, hell yeah! yeah. Dude, I mean, there's that was- like a huge like upswing, like oh, we want things. Are kill- you? Oh, things dude, dude, that well, is one of the most like it's that is one of it's the like most then why does Edgar Wright doesn't make Don't then Don't we want to see Don't? Not as much as Thanksgiving. Every that was the fan favorite. I think was Thanksgiving. That and Hobo with a Shotgun. Oh man, I just what about Machete. I just dumbass? dropped. I just Machete wasn't as big as those two, dude. Like everybody still talks about. I still see people bring up Thanksgiving. Yeah, yeah. I actually just chopped up that trailer for Don't for a new video I'm making. It's pretty <laughs> yeah. awesome. It's pretty fucking awesome. <laughs> so Andrew well, Wright is making a new horror movie, so we'll yeah. see. Yeah, Don't is oh man. But I, I think right. Eli Roth is in that spot now where he can just do it. I think at the time, I don't think he could and really didn't have his heart set in it, you know? So mm-hmm. put that shit out, man. Put it out. Yeah. I agree. And this final bit of news here is actually really sad and it, it's super bum, bummy out, you know? But uh, apparently um, the, you know, classic effects filmmaker, John Carl Buechler, uh, directed Friday the 13th Part 7, uh, was involved in effects for like Reanimator, Dream Warriors, Ghoulies, From Beyond. Um, he also directed Troll and Cellar Dweller, as well as Ghoulies Go to College. Uh, he's in. He's battling cancer. He's in stage four prostate cancer, um, and basically, he's like exhausted a lot of his pretty much savings and um, medical insurance. So. His family is asking for fans to maybe help and and donate to his GoFundMe, uh, which 
we will link in the description but it was like really sad reading this i don't, I don't want to get into the whole thing but basically you know it's it's very sad he he's you know in trouble with stage four prostate cancer and um they're out of money so that's pretty sad to me that that happens and uh if anybody wants to go donate to that uh, i'm going to donate um head over to the gofundme because even even though i'm not like a massive john carl buchler fan but he is one of you know us he's part of the horror community and uh that's sad to me that i don't like the idea that you could run out of money when trying to you know save your life it seems like it happens all too often now. Yep. Yeah. It's that freaks me out. It is sad. But um if anybody out there would like to donate, please do, man. I mean, that's I, I'm definitely donating. Just cause I, I it, right now in my life, like this has kind of hit me a little bit weird. This must um, have really but, hit you hard, man, because I mean you're just as cheap as Jeremy. Yeah. <laughs> So if you're willing to throw Don't some cash, never that way, even entered my mind. There oh, you no. go. There you go. <laughs> so it must have definitely hit home pretty hard. But yeah, I, I mean, I stage it. four really bad. My mom at stage four. I know it's a miracle. Here. Yeah, yeah, that's that's incredible. And usually, that's what usually stage four means for. death. Yeah. Yeah, but we'll see. So uh, at least you know they. I think they raised like thirty some thousand or 24 some thousand in three days they're looking for 120 to pay past and future medical bills so um yeah i mean i think it's a good cause all right well i guess there must be a link for that so i'll leave it down in the description yeah so you can head over there and donate to a good cause do it do it. Just do it. See if I have my button, I could just press it. Just do it. I'm just joking, JP. I love you. All right. You were actually going to have that sample ready. Just yeah. do it. That one. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I guess you can. I guess it's very universal. Easy to use. Okay, that's it for the news. Yep. I hope. I hope it is. Unless you have some more downer. No, I should have did that first, or so. I don't know. No, that's. <laughs> You know, that's the way it goes. Fucking thing sucks! Let's move it along. Let's get into some box office brawl, a.k.a. Bob. Uh, Let's get ready to rumble! Brock. Brock office brawl. Box office brawl from this week is Happy Death Day to You. And this came out Wednesday. Me and JP had a discussion on mini shots. Supposed to come out Thursday on Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving, Jesus Christ, on Valentine's Day. But shit went wrong, and uh, with Parkland, and they decided to release it a day earlier on Wednesday to be sensitive to the victims of the shooting. So this is from Wednesday to Monday because I forgot it's President's Day, but it's not really going to make a difference here. So. Moods predicted 27 million, JP predicted 37 million, and I predicted 27.5 million. And the film made 
very underperformed at $9,816,000 from Wednesday to Sunday. Dude, I am in utter shock. Like, I thought this thing was going to be a home run because, one, here was my thought process. And I did – I didn't want to go as high as I did, but I kept thinking that Moods was going to go just above me and he was going to end up fucking me because that's what he did the time before, but I ended up winning. But he did the the complete – I played my hand too strong – he did the complete opposite and went under you. Um, but I figured Valentine's Day, dude, PG-13, every damn kid who has a girlfriend, so basically anybody besides Jeremy uh, type people <laughs> in high school would be going asking girls to dates on this. You know, They would be going to see this. They probably saw the first one because it made a lot of money. I just didn't, didn't really make spot. a lot of money, to be honest. I mean, it did $20 million opening. That's pretty good. Yeah, you know, I, my thought process was correct though. I was like, the way I perceived this was, I'm like, it's either gonna do really shitty, and I even wrote this in the chat. I'm like, it's either gonna do really shitty or it's gonna do, re- it's gonna overachieve. And I was like, I just went with a hunch. And I was like, I think if I go below you, I think I might be right here. I th- if it bombs, kind of thing. And I didn't expect it to shit the bed that bad. Yeah, but I was like, it's either gonna bomb, bomb, which 27 is perfect because i win and or it's gonna go fucking retarded and, and go super high and i'm like well whatever so i don't know man i honestly i was just kind of judging because i i generally I thought don't, 37 was way too fucking high i don't watch it trailers. was way too high but you got to realize i'm not trying to hit the exact number yeah, i'm yeah. trying to hit within a certain amount of numbers and play where i think you guys are gonna go it's a lot of strategy that i take into consideration when i i play I, this game i i I judged it, you know, we don't watch trailers, but I was forced to watch a trailer, I believe, when I went and seen well, How the Shit I 18. actually do watch trailers now. I did want to admit that. Was it? Um, was it not called? intentionally. I just gave up running out of the theater because I look like a jackass. Oh, and I don't, I don't no. feel like wearing headphones and putting my head down Dude, like Dave you were that fucking it. guy running out of the cinema when a trailer came on. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Well, just, and just I, can, I mean, mainly Halloween. All but I can like, picture JP right now is running like Phoebe and Friends. When she's doing, <laughs> arms it's the Pet Cemetery trailer. We gotta leave. Oh my dude, god, dude! Fuck. Paramount. And all I can Paramount picture right is, now, you forgot to talk about that during the news. Dude, dude all I can I picture, so all I can picture, is G- uh, is JP running out like Phoebe and Carly behind him, going, "You fucking pussy!" Like just yeah, making she, fun she of his ass. She probably and she's right, dude. That's re- you running Why? out of the cinema. That's ridiculous. I, I, I even said I don't. Halloween trailer, dude. I don't. It didn't watch, end up affecting my like for it though. I don't watch <laughs> trailers, but I'm not going to run out of the cinema, and, and that's I think that's why or how I ended up watching Happy Death Day shitting whatever um, during the Hall of Shit 18 trailer or movie. So they played that before, and mm. I was like, and I no, I saw the, watch a trailer. And I looked at Dylan. I was like, what the fuck? I'm like, that is the worst trailer ever. Not only was it the worst trailer, they actually spoiled who the killer was in the first film, which I thought was fucking just... Yeah, but who re- cares? Everybody yeah, said Yeah, who cares? Yeah. yeah, but but no. It's not as bad as that's the spoiler my point. they had no, in the that's fucking my point. cemetery. That's my point trailer. I'm leading to here. This guy literally says out loud in the cinema, he goes, well, I guess I don't have to see the fucking first one now. <laughs> right? So it's spoiled for him. Not everyone saw the first one. That was my point. So I was like, "That's a really, yeah. sh- that's a really shitty trailer." But uh, not as bad as Pet Cemetery's trailer. I didn't see it. What? Yeah, dude. Uh, okay, first of all, I'm not gonna give any even slight, yeah. slight 
anything away here because there is some people out there who didn't get spoiled. Jeremy ruined it for me. Thanks very much. He still um, claims he didn't. He claims he, it's he's impossible. calling you a pussy. He's calling his, you a pussy. I, his concept and reasoning why is ludicrous. I'm telling you. But here's the thing. I cannot stand that they did this. Like it literally genuinely upset set me because it would have been such a cool moment because for the a film that I was already kind of down on where I was like, it just looks too similar to the first one. It's just like, are we talking it, about it, the trailer but, or the poster? The trailer. Okay. So well, there's something, about, there's, there's something actually. No, in no, the no, 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 no. Shush, 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 shush. I don't Be know. Quiet. I haven't seen it. I don't know what, I don't, I don't know. Good. <laughs> like I literally have uh, no idea. I just wanted to make sure what we were talking about here. Well, I mean, it's I'm on the poster. What? It's on the poster. Dude, what don't you fucking people understand to stop saying that? All right. Like, d- you don't realize that when you say that, people are like, what? And they start looking at it because normally you would just look at the poster and be like, oh, it's the poster. And like I did. But then when people say it's in the poster, then everybody starts overanalyzing it. Well, have some self-control. You don't have to go look at the poster just because someone said, hey, there's a spoiler in the poster. Have some goddamn self-control. You're just going to walk past the fucking poster and notice it after, you, after you've thought about it for a little bit. Everyone's got um, spidey vision now, apparently. It just sucks. I almost want to edit this out because like, I don't want to ruin it for anybody else. But like, I think that it's one of the worst decisions ever in horror movie like i'm so mad about it i don't understand the reason for for given that it's not even anything major major but it would have been in a film that looks exactly like the fucking original but not as good because it's just different and you don't have the same actors and those actors were really strong and the characters were really strong in the first one Maybe it's just misleading. Maybe it's actually not. Maybe it's just it's it's to get (laughs) you all hyped up on this shit. No, no, it's not. And the and to give that the one little difference in the film away that's gonna separate it from being an exact copy of the last one is just frustrating to me. I don't know why this is that surprising that we've talked about this. New age film promoting has is this is why we stop watching trailers in the first place. Because they don't know how to fucking make, to hold shit back. You know, they're, they're constantly showing way too much in trailers, and now it's moved on to posters. I mean, so, I mean, I'm not going to go as far as, like, not looking at fucking theatrical posters It now, just makes no sense but. to let, let, like, to change, to, like, the first trailer was fucking fine. Yeah. Like, why did they need to show more? And the second trailer, between the first and second trailer, it's literally the whole fucking movie. Like, I don't know I what is not going to be there. don't understand this. How did this never happen before with trailers in the 70s and 80s, even the 90s and shit? You know, you'd watch a trailer and you're like, you never, I don't remember ever saying to myself going, wow, I don't need to see the movie. I just saw the whole fucking thing until, and, until nowadays, you know, the 21st century, just like, oh, we need to show more, you know, like, yeah. I, yeah, but I don't get what the fuck if, happened. If, you, if I ever was like, oh, maybe I'll start watching trailers again. Because, you know, this has definitely scared me away from it once again. Like, I almost do want to just run out of the fucking theater now again or go late because I'm tired of being fucking seeing. Like, I I remember to this day, Insidious 2, the fucking whole movie was shown in the trailer. Every scare. And I'm like, when I saw Insidious 2, I was like, this sucks. I I know where everything is. And I, I think Dave's analogy was pretty good, right? 
like Dave Z, he, he has a pretty good analogy for this. He's like, let's say the Super Bowl is on, right? And uh-huh. would you want to see highlights to what was going to happen in that game before you, before the game? No. You want to be surprised. So what the fuck is the point of a trailer, dude? I hate him. I hate him. Well, to promote the movie? See yeah, highlights know, to a live game that hasn't promote. happened yet? Well, you, you get the <laughs> concept. You get the concept, right? If they were able to show you yeah. what was going to happen. It's like, like pre-recording. Like, okay, you know. let's take WWE, for example, right? If they start showing you highlights from the match before it happens, right? Because it's all staged anyway. Like, it's no, it doesn't make sense. You know, to do it's that. funny, man. It's funny. I'm one of those geeky people that watches Dateline. Like, I fucking record that shit on the on the um, the box every week, and I always watch Dateline. But when you're watching Dateline before it goes to commercial, it always shows previews for like you know the next segment. And oh, I, I hate that. And I, I always no, dude. I literally watch Dateline. No shit. I watch Dateline with my remote ready to go. And as soon as I know when they're going to, you know, I fast forward. I fast forward through the commercials. I'm like, fuck that. Oh, my God, man. I do it every time. I I cannot believe you brought this up because this is something that's been (laughs) irking me for fucking. And it only recently started in the last, like, decade. The attention spans are so small that TV shows are starting to preview what's coming up after the commercial break. It is one of the most frustrating things. They do it in reality shows a lot, too. I don't fucking get it, dude. It drives me fucking bananas when I see them do that. It literally makes my mind melt. I'm like, why are you showing me something I'm going to be watching in literally two to three minutes from now? It's so over- it doesn't make any sense. It's so over dramatic too. Any- I, hate I, lo- I love I hate when it. they like, they'll it. be watching Big Brother or some shit, and they'll show like a clip of what's about to happen, and they make it seem like it's going to be the biggest fucking thing of the year, and then yeah. and then it happens. You go, oh. Well, that was really a letdown. You know, it's like, <laughs> what the fuck, man? Dude, I cannot stand this world of short attention span, needing to know everything. I cannot stand it. It's driving me crazy, yeah. especially <laughs> with these fucking movie trailers, dude. Mm-hmm. This is why I, I stopped it. watching them, and I'm, like, terrified to act. Like, I was just like, you know what? I'm, I'm too lit. I'm tired of closing my eyes or fucking running out of theater or whatever. I'm just going to fucking watch whatever ones are on. And instantly, fucking instantly, within, like, the first time I accept that I'm doing that, they fucking give away an entire movie with Pet Cemetery. It's ridiculous. I did also see the Child's Play trailer, which to me actually looked pretty good. Yeah, I'll say that. I'm, I'm, I don't. I don't. I don't get it. the hate for it. I don't get the hate for it. N- nobody wants to even give it a chance at this point. Did they sh- it actually that. looks kind of cool. Did they show Chucky in the trailer? No. No. They, but well, here's the thing. That's why it looked I good. Think, <laughs> I, I, here's the thing, though. Too. What I like about the trailer is it's it's horror. It's not it's basic child's play like the first one. Mm-hmm. And I like that a lot. I like the concept of it just being a horror movie again. And not not fucking all these body doubles and fucking weird shit that was going on and called a Chucky. And uh, that even annoyed me. Like so I'm down with I I, I don't know, I'm cool with two franchises existing. I, I think there's room for it. It's not going to make any money because it's going against Toy Story, but that's another. Yeah, I don't. I, I That's an interesting one to predict. Yeah. So the records now, it's two to two for me and Jeremy. Two yep. to two to Moods and Jeremy tied. And then th- three to one Yep. for me and Moods. So that's the only one I'm leading. This, that, was, that was a must point. Because yeah. if I went down four nothing, man, I mean, let's face it, man, that, that's a hike. That's JP a hike. box office brawl champion twenty nineteen already. 
Oh, this is. I'm in, I'm gonna end up having to share the title. I feel like. Who knows? Because uh, I swept last time, but you could actually have two winners and one loser as well. You yeah. know what I mean? I think, right? Is that how yep. that works? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Well, no, there's always going to be, I'm saying a loser. you can have it to where, you can have it to where it's a three-way. Like, I lose to Jeremy, Jeremy loses to Moods, and Moods loses to me. So technically, all three of us could equally win. <laughs> <laughs> but I want to sweep. I want to win both of my matches. You guys went one and one. Or no, Jeremy went oh and two. Moods went one and one. That's how it went. Yep. Okay. I've never won anything ever, so it'd be nice to win something for once. Well, this one actually requires somewhat of a talent. But guess yeah. what? Moods gets to go first next time. Yep. It's nothing coming out next week. Yeah, so. but we don't even have anything yet. So I mean, yeah, I think the next one is what I'm not. Right I'm not going to try and make excuses, but the first couple of box office brawls where you guys asked for my prediction shit, I just didn't even really look into it. I was just preoccupied. So what? What'd you say the next one was, Jeremy? Greta. Greta. Yeah, that's the one. So this is probably the first week that I actually put some thought into it, and hey, I kind of won. Yeah. So yeah. So. We have Greta coming up, Ma, Pet Cemetery, Us, Hellboy, Curse of Lo- There's a lot of movies still. Yeah. We're, that's And then The Intruder. So that's only into May. Hellboy, so that's, we a, still that's have a like tough one to predict too, man. Ugh, I don't know. It's supposed to be a good R-rated movie. so Yeah, is, but that's the thing, right? Hellboy's R- supposed to be really R. R-rated yeah, means and, probably and obviously less money. We throw in like thrillers and yeah. borderline horror stuff too. Just c- to make more chances to get a point. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, there's been a lot of movies that we've done on Box Office Brawl. I don't even think I've even seen. You know what Box Office Brawl started with? Trivia question for the 22 shotters out there. Derek could probably already <laughs> scream the answer out. Yep. Uh, do, you, do, you, do either Yins know? No, no. No. All eyes on me. Yep. Oh, the Tupac movie. Which, you know, which yep. is funny because I still haven't watched it, believe it or me not. Me neither. <laughs> Believe it or not, yeah. Yep, that was me. Jeremy bet me that it was gonna bomb. I'm just afraid, I'm afraid to watch the movie because everyone was saying it was pretty shitty, and I'm like, well, what the fuck, man? I don't know. That's a tough pill to swallow, right there. But yeah. Okay, that's box office brawl. Yep. Yep. Yeah. All right, moving along. Jeremy, do you have some dead mail for us this week? You've got mail. Yeah, Mr. Sam Edwards' favorite segment. Okay, dead mail for this week. Issue number eight from, when is this from? I don't even think they put the dates on. This one's so old. Here it is, October 1980. And we have uh, Zombie is the main film on the cover course we have the iconic zombie uh photo with the worms coming out of the eye bad worm placement then we have uh <laughs> george pal this is when fangoria was still sort of fi- fantasy slash horror uh uh hybrid it really didn't turn to a straight horror magazine until the next issue which is number nine which is the motel hell famous issue that's when the magazine really started to be completely horror 
And then we have a talk. Why with is Jim- the uh, Motel Hell issue famous? Just because uh, that reason? Yeah, and it it's a pretty iconic cover. And uh, <laughs> he says that with so much emotion too. He's like, you know, because was, G- what, JP was, doesn't even like the movie. Expensive. One of the more expensive. I <laughs> really need to get that Motel Hell poster down from behind me because, like. Uh, you're right. I don't really like Motel Hell, and I'm like feel like such a poser for it. I, that poster's been there. Yeah, way dude, too you're faking the motherfucking fun. And it's funny that you brought that up too, because I've even thought of that. Yeah, I'm glad that you brought that up instead of me bringing it up and then just sounding like a douche. Yeah, calling you out and shit. Well, I also have a Nightbreed poster over there, and I've never even seen that. So what is what, <laughs> dude? Come on, how do you even admit this shit on air, man? That, that's just ammo. That's awesome. But seriously. What is the deal with Motel Hell that you don't like? Is it the comedy? It's just not very good. That's just why I don't like it. It's not very good. But it has like people. He's like harvesting people and shit. It's yeah, fun. but it's not. It's it should be better than that for what the concept is. It's there's so much downtime of boring talking. I don't like the vibe. I saw it in the drive-in and I, it like confirmed that I don't like that movie. Yeah, but okay. How much attention was given to Motel Hell at the drive-in? Between you and Carly necking the whole time, probably forty to forty-five percent, right? No, because I've seen most. He's of like, how no, I, no. <laughs> so I can slightly, dude. The lineup this year is awesome. Yeah, you want to hear it? I do no. want to. I do want to hear it. Is that, if anybody's listening goes to this, like, hit me up. Like, hit me up. Like, I, I, I there has to be somebody out here. Mm-hmm. Um, so Mother's Day. Nice. The original. The like, fog. The oh. new 4K transfer of the fog, mm-hmm. uh, and then uh, the rest are 35 millimeter. You have um, Blood Beach. Wow, Blood Beach. Yeah, interesting <laughs> one. Um, Creep Show. Yeah, Burial Grounds. Nice. That's fucking awesome. Yeah, yeah. Slithis. Cool. That's a fun uh, movie. Toxic Avenger. This is a great lineup. What the fuck was the other one? I can't remember what the other one is. Wow, a couple trauma flicks. You must be just jumping for joy in there. Hey, I like trauma now. <laughs> can't remember what the last one is. Either way, you can't you can't really dude, ruin that, the lineup. Tell me that lineup isn't freaking sick, dude. That's that's pretty impressive. It's pretty, Blood Beach though. That's wow. How often does that get shown? Probably never. Not. Yeah, I feel so like that's it. a good one. And Slithis, that's that's a thirty-five millimeter print too. Yeah, all of them are thirty-five except hmm. for um, the four K transfer of the fog. I wonder what that looks like because <clears throat> Code Red recently restored that on Blu-ray and it looks really like it looks way too good. Yeah. So they might they might have had that really good print. Who knows? Cool man. Yeah. Oh, Basket Case. That was the other one fucking basket case go dude. figure to be basket case the movie that you've watched more than yeah. any other ba- film in like the last basket five years case is a is a not a 35 millimeter basket case and the fog are not 35 millimeter um the fog's the 4k restoration and basket case is dcp format uh, what's that mean jeremy digital it's something i can't remember it's this yeah. so is just... something projection yeah yeah so yeah. But digital still, cinema projection. that's what it is yeah. this lineup is definitely one of the better lineups in terms of like cult films. There's just so much there be- between That's and a- it'll knock off another Carpenter film I've seen in the, in the theater or drive-in, which I've seen dark star, the thing three times they live 
Prince of Darkness, Vampires, and now The Fog. So that's that's really neat. It's kind of cool, man, because that, that lineup is very versatile in subgenres also. Yeah. It's got cre- like creature features. It's got, like, yeah, it's trauma. Know, it's got, you know, fucking hero-type films. It's the, you know, ghost. That's a really interesting lineup. Pretty cool. Yeah. Blood Beach, more creature features-type stuff, but very, very cool. Very jealous. And Burial Grounds, dude. That's going to be dope. That's a good one. Creep Show. Super cool. Zombies. Yeah, man. Creep show. There's like literally something for everybody there. Yeah. Even yeah. though with that lineup, it's like their most diverse lineup. Yeah. Ever. If you're like a hardcore horror fan, you don't even have to be a hardcore horror fan to enjoy all those films. So yeah, I've seen all of them except for Slithis, I think, and Blood Beach. It's Slithis re- and Blood. Beach. It's really fun. It's really. I hope the movie doesn't look like shit on the on the print. Because I do have the VHS of it, and like when you watch it, it's so washed out and just looks like trash and. I gained a new appreciation for it. I talked about it when Code Red put out the Blu-ray. Sometimes you never know what you're going to get from them, but they've been doing really good restorations because I think they're mostly done by Walt from Scorpion. But that one changed. It was a game changer. It's kind of like watching Drive-In Massacre, you know, for the longest time. Yeah. <laughs> that movie had the it had the worst transfers of all time. I didn't even know there was a decapitation in the beginning of that film <laughs> until I watched the Blu-ray and I'd seen it like five times. <laughs> so. That's great. Yeah. But yeah. So I can keep going now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry about that tangent. Okay. Uh, Jordan, John Carpenter escaped from New York. A talk with John Carpenter. All right. So, all right. This one comes from, Mr. and Mrs. Necker, who says, our son, who is special, Matt Houston, chapter of parents of children with Down syndrome from Houston, Texas. All right. So, Mr. Martin, we are we, the parents of children with Down syndrome, are, needless to say, very upset with the coverage of Friday the 13th and issue six. We have tried for years to dispel the myths about our children. There are enough monsters in the world of so-called normal people. There's stares, abusive remarks, and just the stigma of retardation are enough. We adopted our son at birth, and he is not a monster. We accept our son for what he is, not for what we want him to be. Most people have a single-world definition of mongoloid, idiot. The National Organization of Parents of Children with Down Syndrome, of which we are members was very disappointed that the young people of today, in reading your story, will assume that this monster portrays our children. We hope that in future articles you will consider the feelings of our special ones. They have a right to life, and we, their parents, have our own definition of mongoloids. Love. (laughs) Oh, I read that. I was laughing. That's funny. Did Fango uh, respond? Yep. They said... So what was their coverage... Uh, what did, what did they? Because that's a response to their coverage. But what were they? They were talking about Friday. I guess maybe they one. were just talking about Friday one. Yeah. Oh. Okay. And they said Safini's makeup was a dramatically exaggerated this depiction of a str- an extreme case of mongolism. Not one in a hundred cases of Down syndrome approach the appearance of the makeup shown in our coverage, and we apologize for not pointing this out. Because we did not wish to reveal the film's ending, we also did not point out that the child is not portrayed in the film as a monster, but as an innocent victim. He is only perceived as an object of fear by one character, and only in her imagination. 
whatever one likes Friday the 13th or not, there's nothing in it to contradict the overriding message of most horror films, that people often abuse those people who are different, that fear finds its source in the mind of the frightened, and that judgment by appearance is false judgment. Man, I want to know, like, what, like, was this woman... I don't just get, like at home chilling, reading Fangoria next to her fireplace, and was like, "These <laughs> motherfuckers!" You know but what I mean? Like, but how can you get offended? Old, how can you get offended by that? I mean, the coverage is based on a fictional movie, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. I mean, it, it's it's fantasy. Of course, it's not going to look exactly and depict a real life so called mongoloid or different person, or whatever. It's it's yeah. a vision. I mean, you can't take that seriously. That That's ridiculous to read that and be offended because it wasn't depicted in the correct PC way, politically correct way. That mm-hmm. That's outrageous, man. Like, I can't even believe. I mean, I respect Fangori for printing her, you know, printing her story or her comments or whatever. But come on, man. That is like out to fucking lunch shit, man. But good yeah. point, JP. Like. She's reading this shit. Get, like, first of all, if you're reading Fangoria, you should be know. You should have a half an idea <laughs> of what you're getting yourself into. It's fictional. Yeah. It's fantasy. It's it, it, come on, man. You can't relate that to reality. That's ridiculous. That's just come on. It's not even fucking funny. That's just ridi- that's exactly what's wrong with people. Oh, right this there. is 1980. This was what wrong with people in 1980. And that, but that's just that's fucked to me, <laughs> right? Like you, yeah. oh come on, yeah. All right, this one comes from David Rees from New York. He writes, "Dear Fangoria, I was overjoyed that The Shining found its rightful place on the cover of your magazine. In the past, movies like Phantasm and The Fog." have been shunned into those teeny-weensy film frames while turkeys like Prophecy and Saturn 3 got full-coverage treatment. I saw the film when it opened in New York, and strangely enough, I hated it at first. It seemed too many of Stephen King's conceptions had been deflated or totally lost. Always it was too, comes down to that. Mm-hmm. It was too slow, etc. Still, after chewing on it for a few days, I found myself drawn back to the theater where after an hour's wait in line, I saw the film a second time. The second viewing was a whole different thing. I was no longer looking for the abandoned parts of the King novel, and I knew enough not to try to measure Kubrick's success by the usual standards for horror films. In the end, The Shining is not so much a horror film as it is a Stanley Kubrick film, and a damned good one. I'm certain that many horror fan addicts will continue their claim that Kubrick's destroyed King's spying novel. The joke's so on that. Funny that. I love this person right now. He's like my best friend, because that's the way you should approach things like he he realized that he was probably wrong yeah and how he perceived yeah and how he perceived the 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 movie and he got over it he's like okay what the fuck did i just watch that's not what i read that's not stephen king's vision he went back and rewatched it and gave it the right approach he saw it objective objectively and he realized it was kubrick's vision he took a source material and adapted it that's how yeah. that that's exactly what's wrong with a lot of fans nowadays. They can't get past those elements that well, this adaptation isn't correct. It sucks. That's not necessarily true. If you perceive and you go into things like that, you're always going to hate it, man. You have to go in with an open mind. Right? Mm-hmm. Stephen King himself made the exact same mistake. He was pissed off at Kubrick's vision. 
he didn't he didn't like it. He I think Stephen King wanted Kubrick to adapt his book, you know, and do it more like how he wrote the fucking story. That that makes sense from a writer and stuff, but he eventually came out and said he did a good job. Yeah. Even he was able to admit that shit. Why can't people do the same? Yeah. Blows, it blows my mind. But that's that's a good one right there. I'm glad that that guy wrote in. I like Well, that here's here's a different opinion on it, and this comes from Dave Harris from Miami, Florida, and he writes well, there's actually two people who are pissed off. It says, After seeing The Shining, I begin to wonder how Stanley Cooper could botch such a film. For a motion picture which was advertised as the first epic horror film, it's the pits. Wow, that's such an 80s thing to say. If this is the first <laughs> horror epic, let's hope it's the first and last. The only thing epic about it was the budget. It's an insult to the excellent book by Stephen King. So he gives no reason why he doesn't like it. He just says that it's ass. But this was the flip side of the coin here. This is exactly the person that we're talking about. You know, yeah. he, he read the source material and liked it. He The adaptation wasn't exactly, you know, 100% to the, the written source. So he immediately hates it. Yeah. Like, that's so close-minded. That's so close-minded. Like... I mean, we've probably all been that victim at one time of where mm-hmm. we've read something and then it was adapted and it wasn't quite, expe- you know, what you're expecting. Um, actually, Abraham Lincoln, Vampire Slayer, whatever it was called. That was, yeah. I read the book to that before I saw the film. <laughs> the film, it was just, I mean, there was really bad effects and shit like that. But it was, you know, it was kind of close to the adaptation. But I was just disappointed for the reason that the movie actually did suck. Um, but I think that we've all kind of been there. But it, it takes that strong person to admit that, you know. The problem is, the is that you're be. never going to get somebody who read the book first and then says the movie's better. Like, ever. Like, if you read the book first, you're always going to feel like that's the... It, and it's so hard to adapt directly from source material that you're going to lose stuff. You're going to have to change stuff to fit the I, screen. I think you what know people, what I mean? I, that's, that's the thing. I think a lot of people don't, or that kind of overlook about adaptations is that when you write a story, you can write anything you want, right? You can, you can do anything you want on paper. Yeah. You can write the thoughts of some characters yes. in their head, but to you know, adapt that visually is so much harder. Of course, budget always plays a part in things like, you know, to do these certain things, do exactly those scenes where someone's thinking you want to show these, these uh, flashbacks and stuff. Maybe you can't do that because of budget and stuff. Who knows? You got to factor in all these type of things, but you're never going to have a direct, perfect adaptation of, of a novel. Yeah. And never. The, the novels are just more detailed. They're always, yeah, and look what happens with the adaptation that did follow the book. It's fucking long and not very Which good. Which one? The TV movie that they did, that's... Well, that was... that. that Wait, was what? Steve- are you talking about It? No, The Shining. Stephen Uh-oh. King, that was more truthful to his yeah, original know. story. And he did that movie, right? Yeah. Like, that was, yeah. you know... But yeah, it's also a TV movie and low and not the biggest budget, too. Mm-hmm. So, you know... It definitely had its limitations. But, but <laughs> yeah, you know, going back to the whole epic thing, you know... Uh, the original Shining is about two and a half hours long. Well, Stephen King's TV miniseries was fucking four. Yeah. 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 It's longer than that. Yeah. It's, anyway, it's ridiculous. Uh, Nick Kubrowski has this, well, what a Jewish name, has a serious uh, uh, similar response. He says, Dear Fangoria, I was warned not to expect, I was warned not to expect the movie The Shining to be like the book, or I'd be disappointed. 
but I really didn't expect to be as disappointed as I was. The book was my favorite horror story, so naturally, when Kubrick washed out the storyline and simplified the ending, I was let down. Others apparently felt the same since others have others apparently felt the same since they're not having a landslide box office. But didn't you love some of those subtitled things, like when Halloween passed on what some ice cream to Danny? Oh, Halloran. God, I'm retarded. <laughs> I wish Kubrick would have finished what he started. Killing Halloran made that great relationship between him and Danny kind of senseless. I guess I just like the original story a hell of a lot more. Well, you know, that's always actually, you know, he does kind of make a good point because I think that was one of the, the differences that was very noticeable. You know, but at the same time, if you just kind of disconnect yourself from that and you take it for how Kubrick's vision is going, maybe it makes sense to him, you know, mm-hmm. and th- and that's why he did that kind of thing. But yeah, I don't know. I-, I just I don't have that problem anymore with disconnecting myself from source material and and adaptations. I just take them yeah. for what they are. You know, I don't really see what's so hard to do about it, but people simply cannot do it anymore. <laughs> they, they, they can't. It's pretty evident. You'll start. I notice it all the time when I'm talking to Sam, cause I'll be like, well, I didn't like this. And I, I didn't like that. And he'll be like, well, that in the book, this, and in the, I'm like, I'm talking about the movie, dude. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just because the movie is different than the source material doesn't, it just, it doesn't make it bad. It makes mm-hmm. it different. Right. And it's all on how you perceive it as a person. Yeah. You know, I think the people that are going, oh, well, this is bad. Like, say the movie is actually a good film, completely different than the source material, you know, and and, and you're saying the thing sucks. It's totally because you're you're ingrained in that source material. And you're not willing. To, you're not willing to allow yourself to accept that new vision. It, it, it's a major problem. And it's crazy how you even explain it's <laughs> It's like how we were trying to explain the shit on Facebook the other day about best and favorite. Some people just don't get concepts. Well, there's right? there's two camps. There's people like us who believe that you can objectively put yourself out of your shoes enough yes. to look at things differently. And then there's people like Dave and that other guy who say best. Well, my favorite is the best to me. So that's what I you know what I mean? Like I it's it's an interesting way to look at it. I'll tell you that. Yeah. All right, last one. Uh, Deb from Cape Crudue, Missouri writes, Fangoria and my best friend, Sean Cunningham, I wanted to see Friday the 13th, but no one under 17 admitted unless accompanied by an adult. Now in Fangoria number six, you said you wanted a hit film. My parents don't like that type of film, so I won't get to see it just because you wanted a hit movie and then had it rated R. I can't help I can't help it if I was born five years too early. That's not my fault. Why can't I see a film that gets about as sexy as an odor eater? I mean, the sexiest you've got is strip. That's what he says. Why can't I see a film that gets about as sexy as an odor eater? What's an odor eater? (laughs) I don't know. What the hell's sexy about an odor eater? What is an odor eater? It's something you put in your fucking shoe. Odor eaters. Is that like a shit breeder? No, I think it's like a... uh, like a like a heel thing that doesn't make your hair your the inside of your shoe smell yeah. when you take them off. Yeah. I mean, the sexiest you got is Strip Monopoly, and I want to see it for chills, not thrills. 
what I really can see is that I've so watched wait, movies. So wait, this guy did see the movie then. What the fuck's he bitching about? <laughs> yeah. How, how do you showcase strip He's fucking... 12 when you think about it. If he's five years too early and he's 17 to be able to see it, he has to be 12 when he he's writing. He wants to see strip poker as fucking thrill or uh, chills, not thrills? Well, I'm, I'm saying he knows all these details of the movie. So how does he... I mean, maybe he read it in Fangoria. Who watches a six. strip poker scene and goes... Well, well I was, think maybe he was, was maybe they stupid. talked maybe they talked about it in issue six. I'm gonna give him the the, the yeah, thing who, of the devil. Who watches a strip scene and being like, I wanted chills, not thrills out of that? Like that's fucking ridiculous. Nothing right. seen in the movie. Yeah. <laughs> like, okay. Uh, what I really can't see is that I watch movies on TV that would make Frankenstein throw up. Or Friday the thirteenth be on TV, yes. And what's the name of the girl on page 14? Well, like I said, the one who's screaming at the arrow in that guy's eye, throat, and stomach. So maybe he should talk to Joe Bob because Joe Bob shows it on Monster Vision down the line. But I guess this 12-year-old is pissed off that he can't see Friday the 13th. So he's saying, why don't we have it rated PG, essentially? Fuck this kid. I guess so. Or why is there a rating system at all? Yeah, and then he goes and sees the PG version of Friday the 13th and then complains the whole time that it's fucking PG. Well, it's like, it where are your parents? He's like, it ain't my fault that you wanted thrills or something, whatever he said. Well, it ain't my fault. Your parents suck, kid. <laughs> yeah, does this not? Does this kid not have any cool older brothers or sisters or friends with older brothers or sisters? That yeah, you know in? what? This kid just isn't creative enough. Go to the theater. Say you're going to see this. Grab a black dude outside and be like, "Hey, can you say you're my dad?" And then fucking go see it. Yeah, that's what I did what? on ten years ago for Friday the Thirteenth. What happens if the kid is white? It, I, I'm, I'm telling my you, there's a black my dude outside, dad. a black dude and a woman. And I was like, "Hey, can you guys say that you're my parents?" I don't have an ID. Are you I saying, really are you saying black people are more likely to boot for you than white people? Is that what you're saying right now? I, I, they were the first people that I seen who weren't already in there because the movie was about to start. You know that was, person selling the tickets double, like triple took on that. Yeah, right? but They're what like, are they going to be like? Oh, you can't be his son, or you know, you can't be their son. It doesn't. That's say, super racist, bitch. But it doesn't say that you have to be the parents. You just have to be accompanied by, by someone adult. of age. Yeah. So yeah. therefore, but no, seriously, matter. ten years ago to like almost the date, you know, a couple days ago. I did that at Friday 13th 09. I did not have an ID to see it and all my friends were in there. It was completely sold out. I had a ticket that my that was bought for me from my friend's aunt. She just dropped us off, went and bought the tickets, you know, but they wouldn't let me in without a, 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 an adult. So, I was like, I'll be right back. I went and found this black couple, super nice, and they took me in. They were like, hell yeah, bro. You're going to see Friday the 13th. I told them it was like my favorite movie series, and they were just like, yeah, absolutely. So this kid is a fucking yeah, loser. Yeah, but then got, that was didn't in they 09? Were what you didn't they, 18? What did they, they know, though, that they're not your parents because you already tried to get in, and now all of a sudden you're trying no, to get in again? I said, I'll be right back. I'll go uh. grab them. <laughs> but they can't deny you. I mean, if you're with somebody yeah. of age, it doesn't yeah. matter. But yeah. weren't, weren't you already 18 in 09? It's 17. 10 years ago, I would have been 17. I would have been able to see it technically. Yeah. But I didn't have – like I said, I didn't have an ID. 
Oh, okay. Then. Um, okay. I and it came right. out in February, so I think I would have been 16. I was right before my birthday. Yeah, I wasn't having that problem in 09. I was 29. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm so, almost 20. I'm three years away from being 29. I still get ID'd, so. Yeah. I got yeah. ID'd up until I was probably, I think 27 is the last time I got ID'd legitimately. Yeah. Yeah. I think it was, yeah, it was in my later 20s. But, but yeah, I mean, that's, just be creative, kid. Just be creative out there. And it's the 80s, which I bet was easier to be creative than it is now. Yeah, and this is before the like internet. So imagine, if this kid, imagine if this kid was around today. He'd be on YouTube complaining that he did, cause he couldn't see the fucking movie. Back in the day, you had to write to a fucking magazine, bitch. Yeah. Well, yeah. he's this kid, whoever you are, you're a fucking idiot. You 40-year-old loser. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, that's funny. All right, that's it. That's it? This is an old school issue, so there's no VHS or anything cool in the back. But that's it. No VHS. Nothing thing-related. How come you never theme it out? I don't know. I just picked up the issue that I just got, and it was cool stuff that's old school related. I always read issues from the 90s, so I figured it'd be cool to read something from the 80s for once. Because the thing came out in 82. Well, there's no issues with the thing on the cover, so... Yeah, but... You should do some research, and you have all week. But if there's nothing in the issue that talks about the thing, what am I supposed to say? Huh? I'm sure that when the thing comes... You just look for the around when the the thing came out. You look at the date. Okay, it came out April of 82. You go find the corresponding issue to that being Mm -hmm. the new movie out, and I'm sure people are writing and talking about it. Yep, issue 21. You want me to go grab it right now and see if there's anything that says the thing related, and then you could shut up? I'm just, hey, I'm just saying it would make sense for the episode. Even though I like this, this would have been great on the Shining episode. <laughs> well, not all the time. There's fucking okay, whatever. Well, I'm, I know not all the Even time. Even when I try, I get fucking bitched at man. I I'm just saying you used to theme it. I thought. I thought you used to theme it to the well, episode. Well, I tried, but if they don't say anything about the movie, then what's the point? You're telling me in the history of Fangoria, in the first like couple months that the thing was out, nobody talked about I it. I mean, but it's it's not like that. Every week, every issue doesn't have like good stuff to be able to read on the. I understand. I understand. But and it has I to be at least somewhat have... interesting. And I thought that Friday the Thirteenth one was interesting. The about, Friday the Thirteenth one was interesting. about the Mongoloid. <laughs> yeah, both Friday the Thirteenths were interesting. Yeah. All right, so that is dead mail. All right, moving along. Do we have to talk about this movie? Hey, yo, we got them dope rhyme similes and verbs. Ready to spit movie knowledge to all you freaky horror nerds. It's your boy Moods representing the 22 Shots crew. We about to hit your ass up with a bonus review. Yeah! All right, moving along here into this week's bonus review. That's right, a bonus review. I don't have a clue who sent this in. Does anybody know? Actually, I I do. do. It's Ratchet Command. Yep, that's the guy that says that we're jumping ship. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, because he he paid for a bonus review and then, yeah, yeah. Sorry, man. Maybe it's his fault for sending us this shit. I spent all your Patreon money on dinosaurs and nerds. 
So <laughs> and, and tricks and tricks. I went the candy route this week. So, yeah. Uh, but yeah, bonus review. Um, this is a film from Thailand, yep. 2004, with the title of Garuda, also known as Paksa Wayu. Yeah. Ooh, look at you, Wayu. <laughs> um, which it's a Thai film, yep. and it's labeled as a kaiju movie even though i don't think it is it's kaiju like but yeah, it's more it's, i mean i think the creature yeah the creature is kind of but it, kaiju, it is a big but, monster yeah. but it's not just what a kaiju big enough is. to be kaiju i don't think it's pretty damn it feels, big it feels more just like monster i mean i think it's because of the horrible cgi it just doesn't make it look as big as it is but i mean kaiju it's kind i mean it's it falls into that mythological monster area mm-hmm. it kind of does i guess but all right. Uh, quick little synopsis. I don't really think this is going to be that quick. I'm going to read this off. In 2005, <laughs> Bangkok begins the second phase of building their city subway system. But they accidentally discover something more. When they awoken an ancient animal, which hibernates for more than 10,000 years, the army has to use the troops to block the construction site of the, of the subway in order to detain the monster. The special soldiers are sent to fight with the monster. Even with their high-tech military hardware, they are still unable to stop the monster. The mythological monster, there's that word. A Garuda escapes from the tunnel and begins to terrorize the city of Bangkok. I love JP's description of this movie. It's probably my favorite thing he's ever said. Because it's totally accurate. What did I say? You said if I was not told that this was not a sci-fi exclusive movie, a sci-fi original movie, I would not have known. <laughs> it's true. Like, you wouldn't have known that this was not if, a sci-fi. If it wasn't in if it was if it wasn't in Thai, yeah. I would definitely assume that this was made for sci-fi. But because yeah. it's in Thai, you're like, okay, well, this couldn't have. This was obviously yeah. Good. The movie has the feel and aesthetic of a sci-fi film, straight up. Yeah. That uh, dude, so much. Even sci-fi. like the way they do the military and the way like yeah, the script is like very not solid. The, the only... <laughs> it just feels like that mid two thousands to late two thousands, yeah. more late two thousands to Straight early two thousand tens. I mean, the dead giveaway, original. the dead giveaway that this movie wasn't well. Besides the fact that it's subtitled and it's from fucking Thailand, CG, bro. The, yeah, that. But it's yeah. also the running time. This fucking yeah. movie is almost two hours long. I don't think there's a sci fi made film that's that long. That's ridiculous. Yeah. Well, they're all that long when you add in the commercials. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, true. So this true. would be three hours with commercials. Yeah, exactly. But you know the funniest thing about this movie? I understand. It's, Apparently, this movie is actually like the first. Yeah. It's like the first monster film ever from Thailand. I think I read that somewhere. The I, way I, they make it look, it looks like it's the first film from Thailand. Yeah. yeah. The, the, okay. The, yeah. This is like their first go at it. <laughs> the CG is wow, dude. It's like straight. Bad. It feels like '90s CG to me, honestly. That's kind of it what does. I, I would no, describe it. It, it, feel, it does. It, you know, it's not that far removed from the 90s. You know, Thailand, they're probably a couple of years behind. But let's behind. face it, man. By 2004, there was some decent CG in the works. You know, shit that you're like, well, it's CG, but it's okay. This felt like 95-ish kind mm-hmm. of CG where it was done on a fucking Commodore. Q2 level. On, yeah, on a Commodore 64. They're like, oh, yeah, fuck this. I'm going to make this fucking turkey monster. And... um 
Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, because even a film that I'm thinking of that has some CGI that is actually from 2004 as well and a sci-fi film is Frankenfish. And mm. the CGI was way better in Frankenfish. Yeah, Frankenfish <laughs> is actually a pretty good movie, to be honest. Yeah, it is. You're, you're it is. more uh, in depth with, or you know, you know more about those sci-fi films than I do. So, dude, you know what's crazy? A lot of people don't know this about me, but in the early 2000s and late 90s, I watched a lot of sci-fi originals. Like I religiously would check for them, and I liked them. Like there's some movies that I seen back then, like Snakehead Terror and. Uh, you know, the, the creepy crawlies one, which was called like they nest or something and all these cool ones from that era that I still like. And, uh, so honestly, I'm not even joking. I didn't hate this movie. I just thought it was way fucking too long. If it would have been 80 minutes, I would have been down with this, even with the shitty CGI. Cause it was funny. Yeah. But the, like the but scene honestly- where the but honestly, though, this is the type of movie that should be 80 minutes because it has such a basic storyline. The funny thing about this movie, to me, is the simple fact that they tried to throw in this fucking social commentary of racism and shit. I'm just like, and it really doesn't go anywhere. You know, they just <laughs> mm-hmm. had this overbearing, you know, like point of making, you know, with the with the racism and and how foreigners aren't accepted into this and blah, blah, blah. But I'm like, and it goes on for a long, long time. It takes a while to get started and shit. It's just too much. There's too much shit in this film that doesn't need to be there for what they're presenting us with. Let's just say this movie's not for me. You know, not my kind of movie. Clearly. Dude, I love the CGI. It's so bad, man. <laughs> like, like I actually think this movie works better. As I can't believe what I'm hearing. That I, you know, this terrible CGI, dude. It's so bad. I mean, at least you know, at least they try to give you a full, developed film. You know, they give you a backstory, which I don't really think was that developed. If I, I, I watched this movie a little while ago, but I know the backstory starts in '75, and something happens to Thailand. Like shit gets like demolished from like some type of force or something happens. And so of course it jumps to the future. They're, they're in the midst, you know, 30 years later, they're trying to rebuild the city. They come across this mythological monster in which they call in a, our main character, which, uh, what's her name? Shit. I don't remember what her fucking name is. Watch it three weeks ago, bro. Yeah. I don't remember what the fucking name is, but it turns out that she's not fully accepted there, even though she knows exactly what she's doing because she's a foreigner. And, but it turns out that, you know, she is, they kind of need her. (laughs) You know, it's like, it's kind of hypocritical in a sense too, but it, it turns into one of those films where it's the people, you know, the scientists and the military against a big fucking monster. That's essentially what it is. Yeah. We have all the social commentary. You, you, one of the things that they do with this fucking thing, though, is they don't. I feel like they change the proportion of it throughout the film. Yeah, like well, I think sometime, it's about, like the angle, the way that they that, that the way that they angled it. Like if they shot it from the side, then it would look one size. But then if they shoot it from like the front, it would look bigger than what it was if you shot it through the side. And I think that just has to do with the shit, you know, the horrible. Yeah, but CGI. they're not shooting anything. I mean, not like They're not like bang bang digitally. Yeah, not like bang bang. I'm talking about like where the cameras placed that kind of shooting. Yeah. They're, like, they're, like, dude, I don't know. Like that fucking monster looks lame as shit too. I'm not gonna lie. Well, okay. Even if it was good CGI, it's I don't still remember fucking stupid bird gargoyle. Exactly. Yeah, the, the, it's like this giant fucking bird. But to me, it looked like a it looked like a huge ass turkey. 
It's like Big Bird on steroids. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's it what what the mythological monster is. It's like half bird, half man. So it has this like big buff chest and it's got this bird head. And I'm like, it doesn't even look remotely man, by the way. Well, it does. Have, the torso is. It looks like a dude with big pecs. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, it doesn't look like a dude. I mean, and it's actually it's just based on real mythology. Look- and the funny thing is, based on real mythology too in thailand so but i i I don't know if they did it justice or anything but (laughs) it's so stupid looking (laughs) the bird man is so stupid this this movie could have been a lot cooler man if you cut down the runtime i'm not even joking like you would probably enjoy this movie you know maybe not jeremy but like people who like you know so bad it's good and stuff like there's some great moments in this shit like when the dude's like running down the hall at the (laughs) monster and that's what i'm talking about the size of it often changes like sometimes it looks like a giant fucking that's monster. what i mean it's the way that they shoot it and like other times but... no it's not how they shoot it it's just that they don't proportion it right consistently okay. yeah like they just literally change the size of it depending on the scene you know well maybe he's fucking on steroids or something <laughs> in the chat where he's running down the fucking hall and he's like tra- he like slices i can't even remember i don't even remember but the guy's running down the hall screaming at it and it starts running at him it's <laughs> cg it looks fucking so stupid and corny everything in this um, movie is just so you know what's even more funny is when you see these little close-up shots of practical <laughs> and you're like what the hell yeah why did they even do that yeah <laughs> You know, the problem is with a movie like this, like they tried to kind of make it an epic, you can tell. But yeah. everything that's happening and all the development, everything is so fucking cliche. I hate when you have these plot, these subplots and things that go nowhere in, in films like this, because essentially at the end of the day, it's a fucking giant monster movie. And I could picture the writer writing this film like and like toning it down. And he's like talking to his friend who's going to do the special effects. He's like first year in college, special effects school. And he's like, man, yeah, I'm going to turn this down because, like, I don't know what our effects are going to be like. He's like, no, man, I got this. He's like, just just amp it up, dude, amp it up. And he's like, all right. (laughs) Then it fucking swoops down from the tower and picks up the girl. And and then, like, he wrote this big epic. And then, like, the dude's like, oh, shit. Oh shit! <laughs> and he's just Dude, like you know a what the slacker. stupidest? Didn't even finish fucking skull. The stupidest <laughs> fucking part in this movie. But man, they already is... shot everything, so now it's like, <laughs> what are we gonna do? You gotta use these effects. You know what the stupidest part in the movie is? Is that dude at the end, and he's like standing there, and they like call out his name. Like they're in the middle of this huge battle. Like it's the military versus this fucking huge monster and shit. He's been terrorizing, killing and shit. They call out this dude's name. He turns to them and scratches his head like, what? And reacts like he doesn't know what's going on. Yeah. I'm like, dude, you're in the middle of the fucking war zone. Shit is going on everywhere. You turn around and scratch your head, literally. And then, of course, he gets attacked by the giant turkey. Man (laughs) turkey. And fucking dies. I'm like, what the fuck is that, man? It was like the stupidest part in the world. Like, this guy has been involved the entire movie. We're trying to stop this thing. He's like, huh? What? I don't even remember that. Oh, yeah. it's it's right towards the end of the movie. It's like yeah, right before well, the fucking, point, right JP before they kill already, the the Birdman. JP was already sewn out. Oh well, yeah. I mean, it was dude, probably... no, I, I I don't. I just I've watched so many movies. Yeah. I don't remember. I don't retain 
memory like I used to of films because I'm just on the next one, on the next one. So it's like I need to review shit. That's how it's like I don't know how Brandon's going to remember anything because he's watched like – Well, he takes notes. For every movie? For every movie that he talks about on shows. Oh, fuck that. So that – honestly, I'm going to get back to taking notes soon because I need to, man. I need to. I used to take notes all the time for this. Well, no, I didn't. That's a lie. Sometimes I just take notes. <laughs> but I, I think nowadays I need to start taking notes. Yeah. Again. Or for the first time. But yeah, this <laughs> fucking movie, man. I, I, I'm not joking, man. I, I'm not like, going to lie. It but... is painfully long. You yeah. can like, tell. You can tell right from the start when you're reading the subtitles that the translation is not good. Well, it's Tokyo Shock, which is Shriek Show, right? So is that is that where it came from? Okay, yeah. But you can tell though, because some of the things that are said, the way it's translated, I'm like, no one talks like that. Yeah, like, it just doesn't make sense well, at, at all. At least you I, didn't. At least you didn't read the subtitles from that uh, Red to Kill movie that we watched. Like, those were some shitty ass subtitles. Oh yeah, JP. Yeah, no, the subtitles were shitty on that one too, for <laughs> sure. They were yeah. definitely not great subtitles, but I, it's funny when it's release. so noticeable. You're like, no. And even like, oh, pet peeve of mine, man. When you're watching a subtitled film and the grammar's off, like they're using the wrong theirs and shit. I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> I'm like, what the fuck, man? Like, they're JP level subtitles. Yeah, dude, it was really bad. Really, and it was fucking throwing me off. I kept reading these things going, that's not probably what they just said. <laughs> I'm just making shit up as they fucking translate it. Oh, no, this would be funny to put this just in Just like the movie. So I'm going to write this. Oh, yeah. I, I want cheese on my hamburger. Like, fuck <laughs> off. Come on. Ugh. Man, this movie was bad. I, it was painful, man. It was painful to watch, to be honest. Is it going to be forever painful is the question. I don't think so. I no, we'll it, 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 it was painful, soon. but it wasn't like the most atrocious thing in the world. Like I said, I will give them props for trying to develop you know, a story that means something to, you know, the people of Thailand, like it's, it's real mythology and stuff. And, you know, I I get what they're trying to do here. It's just, it's not executed. Great. Obviously the effects are terrible. Um, the acting is horrible too. Like really bad. At least, at least our main anthropologist, I guess the, the girl in the film, she was super good looking. They speak English sometimes in here. Well, cause her boyfriend, is American. was American, so he would speak in English, and she obviously could speak in because she, she could understand and things. So that was kind of that shit happens all the time in these yeah. films from that region. I noticed like they speak English a lot some of the times in mm-hmm. yeah these mm-hmm. kind of films. So I'll give him that. She that she was cast good. I mean, very kind of unbelievable. Really, she's very young and good looking to be an anthropologist. <laughs> I don't know if that really works too well. It's kind of it's kind of like the argument we had. But about where's the, the Asian syndrome. stereotype? Wouldn't she be smart? Yeah, but I don't think it, they stereotype themselves that much. <laughs> Probably not. No. All but right. She knows English. Well, so they're knows- all Asian, so shouldn't yeah. they all be smart? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> all good at math. Well, apparently they're not good at math because really an hour 55 running time. Dude, yeah. that's ridiculous for a movie like this. It's, it's so, so like it's this so drawn out. It's so well, drawn try, out. Try, walking, try watching Dick Shark, my friends. That was like three hours, wasn't there? Some shit. Three yeah, but this is serious. Three and a half. Are you sure you didn't just doze off and the movie restarted? <laughs> no, nope, that's how long it is. It's three and a half hours. Oh my god, that's so fucked. Oh, I couldn't imagine watching three hours of Bill Zabub. Oh, yeah. how did how did you do it? 
I don't know. But that was one of the best discussions we've had on the show. That was a good discussion about that kind of shit. <laughs> so, uh, oh, what do you guys rate this damn thing? Oh, Garuda, two thousand four. Feel. Oh man, you know, honestly, like I said, it's not the worst thing I've ever seen. It was definitely watchable. Um, there was parts in the film I actually enjoyed. It was probably every part where the turkey monster wasn't on screen because it was just purely laughable. See, I liked when he was on screen. That oh, was my it, it was so bad. It was so bad. Um, but it does get tedious, though, because I feel like this movie just starts dragging and drag. It just doesn't want to fucking end itself. And then it just kind of ends. <laughs> You're like, what the fuck? You dragged it out for that? I mean, like, the end of the movie wasn't even that great. So, but all in all, you know, trying to put some social commentary in there. It's okay. I respect that. You know, some of the casting was okay and stuff, but I can't recommend this, man. I'm coming at a four out of 10. It's just not anything in the realm of Kaiju films. I still would kind of consider this to be because it is a giant monster film, I guess. It's not a great one by any means. Yeah. Um, I'm, I I thought it was entertaining at times. Like I did laugh at some of the stupid shit, but none of it's good. Like no. this movie's not good. I gave it a three. Yep. I come in at a two and a half. Two and a half. It's not a good movie. Four, pretty- five, six, seven, eight, nine, and a half. Ooh, <laughs> it's a hall of painter, baby. No, forever. Did he just change? Did did Jeremy just change his rating so it made the hall of pain? <laughs> Nope. <laughs> Damn, I can't believe Did that came you, in. Jeremy? I didn't no. think it was like, wow, two and a half is pretty low. But then again, two and a half is definitely cool with me. That's cool. <laughs> Dude, you know what, man? The, this might be our best Hall of Painter in terms of rating. What, a 9.5? Oh, yeah. Right? That's the minimum that you can get in. I don't think we ever had one that had the minimum. <clears throat> you know the funny thing about this? is the dude that gave us this movie. You know, he was the one that, like, you know, kind of fucking shitting on us a little bit here. What happened if he thinks it's good? He's never gonna fucking ever <laughs> support again, <laughs> We do his review way after the fact, and then we shit on it. <laughs> well, how can you say that this movie's good? You, like, you really can't. And You know, and these movies aren't horror films, you know? They're, and they're, how do you say 2.5 is low? JP gave it a 3. It's not that far away. Yeah. It's only a half a point difference. I think originally I'd given it a three, and then I thought about it and gave it a four. I think that's what came in. How it came um, in. I think so. I'm looking know. here. I don't think there's a single film in the Hall of Pain that got a four as of right now. Yeah. Close with Skin Deep. You gave it a 3.5. Then in Puppet Master versus Demonic Toys, that didn't have a four. From- and Blood Beat, you gave it 3.5. What about... Puppet Master first demonic toys. I thought you guys gave that like a four, but because I gave it a one and made it. Yep, that's the only other one. Me and Moods both gave it fours. Yeah. Wow. That movie got two fours and still made the Hall of Pain. That's insanity. Because <laughs> I gave it a one. Because I don't. Yeah, know. but you know what? <laughs> that movie so fucking bad. That movie's this, awful. This even wow. has a higher rating though. This has a nine point five. This is the highest rated Hall of Painter. Crazy. Yeah. Because well, that film only has a 9. This has a 9.5. It's now forever known as a painful movie. We haven't had a Hall of Painter in a while. Since Puppet Master. How many, how many Patreon 
that that's got to be the first Patreon Hall of Fame. Yeah, skin deep. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, skin deep was a, a main or a bonus review. That's right. No, that was a main review. <laughs> it was a main review. Holy shit, balls! Crazy. Yeah. So we got two and, uh, two Patreon Hall of Painters. Oh. Blood Blood be kind of. Well, Christmas show. Well, that was a listener's choice, I guess. Yeah. So that's it, though. <laughs> yeah. But I take Blood Beat over this one any day, though. Yeah. At least it's kind of kind of. JP hated one. that movie. Blood Beat. It's yeah. awful. I was listening to Moods like defend it in his uh, Vinegar Syndrome. I thing. did. I honestly said in that video, I said it's a bad movie. I know, but you're even given like the stuff that sucks, like the stuff that's like, oh, that's kind of funny, like the samurai thing. Like you're giving that even more credit than it deserves, dude. It's, because it's I can literally, dude. I don't know what it is about that movie. I just find it so comical because it's so boring. Samurai fucking supernatural slasher, like this ridiculous. It's, I know, but it was barely even prevalent. <laughs> it's so funny to me because in, in like, Wisconsin, nonetheless, it's just so much they're trying to cram <laughs> into this thing, and it makes no fucking sense. <laughs> I know somebody did comment. And they said, "Yeah, I, I totally." understand everything you were saying about Bloodbeat, but I can watch that motherfucker too. <laughs> I was like, well, there you go. Somebody else respects the supernatural samurai bullshit. It's bizarre. Bizarre, but... But yeah, okay. So, I mean, you know, at least we're we're truthful. You know, we're honest. We That's one thing that, you know, that we always claim on the show, which we don't really have to claim because, you know, it's true. Yep. Just because you guys are going to give us Patreon picks doesn't mean we're not going to shit on them. But thank you, Ratchet Command, for <laughs> Jack the... Frost too. It always cracks me up. It's one, one, and one. It There's literally another... has three out of thirty. There's <laughs> another. That's another historic trivia question for the twenty-two shots of moods and horror. Why is that episode significant in the history? Because that was the last one you did back. before yeah. you broke. Yeah, that is true. Yeah. And Steve was on it. <laughs> Yeah, we're almost caught up to your second 67 episodes. Dude, how fucking funny was that? Like, man, I get, like, Steve's, I don't know if that was the first or second show he did with us. Maybe the second? No, he's only done one. He's only done one, that but, one. But I was, you know how we always give Jeremy shit for, you know, fucking doing stupid shit in the background and stuff? Man, his, yeah, like, mom his walks fucking mom <laughs> walking in, phone's ringing. I'll never no, forget. I was Andrew Troyer is almost as bad. Listening back Andrew to that was, episode. That was amateur right there. Yeah. Man, dude, but that was some amateur shit going on on that end. And we have no control over that. Yeah. You know, it's like, oh, my God. It was actually, like, listening back, I was so embarrassed. I'm like, that's ridiculous. He didn't even realize he wasn't muted, though. So if we would have just said something earlier. Yeah, but it was funny. So <laughs> I had to. You have to keep it in there, right? <laughs> it's like, it's pretty comical. But, uh, yeah, fucking Schroyers. Jesus. Yeah, Schroyers was really bad because his mic sucked, so you have, like, all this feedback. Yeah, but that episode ended up so great, though. Oh, it's the best episode we've ever done. No. It's the funniest episode we've ever done. It's, one it's, of my, the it's my favorite. Yeah. It's one of my favorites. You guys are weird. You guys are weird. It's I feel like you just didn't appreciate that episode. I don't know what it was, dude. I just... You know me, I laugh a lot, and I just sometimes I just wasn't finding the shit. Maybe because it was Andrew, I don't know. Maybe because we were dealing with fucking floating head shit, and oh, that was the episode that apparently you guys I set, set up me Je- up. I set up Jeremy. You did set yeah, me up. I did not set you. Up. <laughs> but yeah, that's one of the best reoccurring jokes. <laughs> but was there funny shit with Andrew though? 
Yeah, yeah. dude, the five 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 thing, like uh, or not five 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 thirteen. Yeah. What was it? It's the whatever the David the Katu series. Yeah, the David <laughs> those thirteen gay movies or whatever yeah. the thing is. Yeah, yeah. There was some other funny shit there too. I, I, it was just it was a really fun funny episode. Yeah. I said, uh, "Oh, yeah, what, what's I, your channel again?" At the end. Yeah. Oh, I was razzing. I was razzing his brother yesterday, man. Yeah. On I a saw. post, man, and oh, dude. He doesn't know Pam Greer. I had to bring it up. That is yeah. bizarre, though. I don't. It I don't is know. for us. Like you have a horror podcast, you know, you're in the film thing. You should probably know Pam Greer. But like I said, he's 19. I didn't know who Pam Greer was probably till I was like 23, when I got an Olive release or something. <laughs> <clears throat> the things that you admit on air, man. Oh my god. Speaking of the things, ooh, you like that lean? That oh, uh, that way. That actually wasn't that bad. But yeah, on that note that Jeremy kindly pointed out, that is it for the bonus review. Let's move on to the Patreon picked feature reviews of episode one fifty three here on the twenty two shots of moods and horror podcast. Just had to remind you what you guys were listening to. That makes literally no sense. No, but go ahead and open it. Get time to this door, quick! Which is the Thing trilogy, which was picked by Sam? Yep. Uh, yep, Sam. Okay, so I, I took a stab at that because I actually wasn't 100% sure, but I thought maybe it was Sam. Yes, so we have the Thing trilogy. Um, the original Thing film from 1951, directed by Christian Nyby, but it's interesting because I have read that Howard Hawks yeah. actually directed this movie. You know, he's credited as a producer, obviously, because it's Howard Hawks. and But there's literally documentation of you know the actors saying that he was on set and he was choreographed so this is another culture guys yeah so uh, he he had everything to do with the direction of this movie mm-hmm. um, if you go on indb it says howard hawks uncredited under directors so you know going off all that type of stuff i mean i why would they lie about that so yeah it does make sense because howard hawks is actually a pretty good director but um that's an R- RKO kind of thing to do, to be honest. For sure. For sure. <laughs> yeah. 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 You know, I, I think the, the story behind Howard Hawks not putting his name on this movie is because he was he directed different types of films and he wasn't sure how it would go, how his, na- his name being attached to a horror film would be perceived. Mm-hmm. So he did the pussy thing and he didn't put his name on the goddamn movie is essentially what happened here. Little did he know that it became a classic movie. Yeah. You know, I mean, I don't think I mean, this movie was respected back in the day, but it's, you know, it's people respected today, probably a little bit more. So do people respect it, though? Yeah, I think so. I think so. I mean, just the fact that Carpenter likes it a lot and was influenced by it. Is it really respected, though? It's respected in terms of films that came out. What year did this come out? 51. 51. Yeah. Like it's one of probably the most known films of the 50s. <clears throat> right i think like, so and I, would, it, would it be known if it wasn't for carpenter it wouldn't be as known would it still Definitely. be talked about as one of the best films of the 50s because of 
If it, yes, if it would be because the think 50s so. were not that good. Honestly, the 50s were not that great for horror. Nah, more, I, I, that the, early 50s. the 50s yeah. had that whole kind of nuclear age type films yeah. and big monster yeah. movies and shit. So this one kind of fits right in there. But, you know, I mean, the Carpenter thing probably has a lot to do with its popularity. But then again, yeah. I mean, if you if you if you do some research on it, people always reference this movie. Mm-hmm. So it must have stuck out somehow. So 1951, the thing from another world. Now, have any of these guys read the short story that these films are based on? Who goes there? I had I actually no. never read it before. Never read it. No. I listened to it for this show. Yeah, because <laughs> I don't. I don't really. Of read course, it. he did, man. Audio booted. <clears throat> well, how long is that? Like twenty minutes. It's like two hours. Is it really? I thought it was a short story. Yeah. It is. Two hour? That's not a short story, bro. Damn, dude, you can fucking read a lot of pages and. A couple minutes, crazy. Hmm. Um, no, nah, like I mean, a lot of Stephen, some of Stephen King's short stories are like four hours. <laughs> Damn. Okay, so are you gonna tell us? You about gotta it? realize they're reading. They're not reading super fast. They're reading like today's audiobook is brought yeah. to you by like that. You know what I mean? It's yeah. not like that. You read way faster in your head. And remind me to talk about the video game when we get done with the. Uh, I the wanted th- to bring that up as well. Because it so. is a, it is part of the storyline. It is part of the story. It's yeah. actually the only sequel in the series. Well, something I didn't know. Never played. Never. No. Yep. So uh, the thing from another world. 1951 synopsis: Scientists and American Air Force officials fend off a bloodthirsty alien organism while at a remote Arctic outpost. Yep. That is it. I mean, besides the setting and some a few plot points, it really is a different movie compared to what we think about Carpenter's movie. It seems like a it just, like it doesn't have it, it doesn't have none of the shift shaping kind of stuff and the paranoia of uh, of yeah. the Carpenter's film. It's more just a straight up monster like film, monster movie like yeah. Frankenstein. Or it, it, it definitely does feel like you know an underdeveloped version of. Yeah, you know Carpenter's vision of the of the story, and you have to understand, you know, it's fifty, so of course they're not going to go like it's RKO and RKO, you know, is known for making their lower budget uh, films. You know, they're they're known as the budget studio when you think of all the Hollywood studios. So you knew you were you're really going to get something as a labyrinth as the you know Carpenter's thing narrative, but. Besides, like I said, the setting and a few other minor plot points, it really, it really is a different movie. You know what it is? It's interesting. It's almost a prequel. It's almost the prequel, in a way, like story-wise, because you spend more time with them. Actually, thought like in in John Carpenter's the thing. You don't spend any time with them thawing out the crate, like finding it. You just find that the, the uh, yeah. you see them find other people found it. But this one is more like the prequel story where they actually go and find it and use the like thermite charges and, and bring yeah. it back and stuff. And you see them bring the block of ice back. And there's yeah. a little bit of paranoia in there with the people who are guarding it. I was actually going to bring that up when we were talking about yeah, the, sure. uh, the prequel, how the prequel is very reminiscent of, you know, the original film. Yeah. Mm-hmm. In that, in that aspect with, you know, the charging and the, the saucer and things like that. But, <laughs> yeah and and the unthawing of the 
the organism or the alien, whatever you want to call it. It's alien. The alien. I like, yeah. I, I like the setup, the the setting here. Like I, I, I can see how Carpenter took like some of the cool, like it, it's so interesting how he did that remake w- watching this one, because certain things like even the layout of the building and like certain aspects of that feels like it was, you know, directly like mimicked. Um, mm-hmm. Like, the way that the snows piled up around the windows and stuff and like, like the that. Di- and the different building aspect too because yeah. the commander was in his own shed yeah kind of like yeah. similar to McGrady that's his name right or, uh what's yeah his name in the remake yeah what's his name character yeah. name is it yeah so it's kind of like similar to that yeah um. So I, I think that they they go and they find this you know block. It, it's all it, honestly that would have been pretty creepy back then, right? Like put yourself in the fifties. Like they go they they find this fucking block of spaceship and you know uh, something crawled out of it. And <laughs> I, they, I, I always thought that was like the funniest thing to to incorporate into a story. Like they find this kind of spaceship thing and they're like, well, we have we have this idea that if we put these thermal charges into this thing, it will kind of melt it and. I mean, it, it just seems like they didn't really investigate or but realize. But they mentioned what... that again in the prequel, though. These thermal charges, you know, they they they. What the fuck are these thermal charges, and how the hell does it melt that much ice? Well, that, that, that that's what I'm getting at. Like they yeah. they put these thermal things in there, and they don't realize the potential outcome of it exploding and ruining the fucking spaceship. Like, if you found a spaceship, you know, obviously you'd be curious to you know get inside it and kind of thing and and do what you can, you know, ex- excavate the, the spaceship and shit, but they fucking blew it up. Like yeah. you didn't realize you had that much thermal charge. Like, dude. Well, I think what well, I didn't understand. I don't know what a therm therm well, light charge th- those, is. Is it those, just, does it just get hot? Yeah, pretty much. I, I so that. was they saying in this film that the, the ship was made out of some, or like it had some sort of defense mechanism or something. I thought it was like, like combustible, combustible or something. Yeah. yeah like, it, so was like it, it, it basically reacted with, with the heat and it exploded. Yeah. Yeah. That's essentially what happened. But of course, you know, but then again, you would still have to have to have enough charge for it to fucking explode. Like that. I guess not, them not knowing that it's going to react like that too. I guess you can explain that away. Yeah, it's but it just seems insane material. to me. Like how fast, <laughs> like a lot of these older movies, it's very typical in this, this golden age of horror film or in any type of film, not to have that development. It's like, okay, well we have these charges. We're just going to put them here and then kapow. You know, there's like no build up to it. Like, Hey guys, we should probably think about this before we do it. You know, it just well, happens so fast that- in the story. One thing about the book that I'll bring up, and I'm not going to keep doing this, but one thing that they do in the book, you know, which I assume was written around this time that this mm-hmm. movie was made. Um, I don't know exactly when they, t- they really go into detail about what the thing is and like the, the scientific side of it. And it's more like Carpenter's film where it like how it mimics things and it, they really make it scary. Yeah. Like yeah. in Carpenter's film, that. The, the sense of it getting out is the characters are scared by it, but they even hammer that home like way more in the book. Like they're like, what if it sees a picture of a bird and decides to mimic that or something, you know what I mean? And then just fly out of here. Like it's, it's a lot more in depth with that about the fear of it getting out type thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't think they could. I, I think, you know, the lower budget version of is what we are seeing right now. You know, it's easier yeah. to do what they did. 
So well, they just didn't have the technology to do what Carpenter it, or exactly, yeah, it, or even did. I or I just don't think you put stuff like that. it would be too graphic or something for back mm-hmm. then. Like I don't think it was ever a consideration to make it more about like you know yeah, like the whole you know shape shift not really shape shifting, yeah. but yeah, the I get it. Yeah, I, I honestly, yeah, like I honestly think it, there's not like too much to talk about this one. It's I think I think it's a budget constraint. If you're if you're you want to source the material and then I think it's a budget thing really, because mm-hmm. honestly this movie doesn't really have a lot of effects in it. I mean, we don't really get to see the, the alien. Well, well, here's the thing. You don't like really Bigfoot. get a whole lot of that in the book either. So if they are adapting it from the book, a lot of the book is conversating about what can happen and yeah. how the thing works and you know, the blood test stuff and a lot of that it's, it's a lot of that. Um, it's what, not like and that's action. What, they adapt that, I guess, fine, because they, you know, they they go into that quite a bit in the film about you know what the alien is trying to accomplish and how it lives lives off the blood and and things like that. Yeah, you know? and um, I like how they unthought it in this one because I you kind of wonder that you know it's like yeah. well they made the room all cold so that a it heat blanket. Yeah, yeah, and uh, <laughs> the the guy gives him a electric blanket which was all the rage at the time and then the dude's like i can't stand looking at this thing anymore and he covers it up with the blanket that happens to be plugged in still and it thaws it out um one thing that (laughs) i noticed is very heavy in this film is the should we tell people thing like the journalist that's there wants to tell people can you get permission the military the you know once cover it up like that that sort of aspect of it Mm-hmm. It's very, you know, prevalent in this film. It's it's well, it's the Cold important. War scare kind of. Yeah, but it's typical. It's, it's typical paranoia in in yeah. in Americans though too. It's like yeah. you if you watch anything with you know paranormal or fucking uh, you know alien the anything, there always seem to be co- there's always a story coming up about coming out about you know how the forces they they covered up something, right? So that's prevalent in there too. I mean, to be honest, I understand. If you actually found an alien spacecraft with an alien and shit like that, do you really want that information getting out? People are going to go insane. You know, yeah. people are paranoid as enough. Like, I get that whole aspect of the film for sure. I mean, it's kind of reality. And what was going on at the time? Right? Mm, things 19, were the start of the Cold War. Things just were always th- things were just always being covered up. Right? Yeah. So just the start. There, I feel like there's too many characters, and not of them are not enough of them are defined enough. Yeah, but it, that I think that's a problem later on down the line too, though. I, I agree. Yeah. I, I feel like all three of these films, it's very hard to like. Even Carpenter's The Thing, which I've seen a million freaking times, yeah. I still no. I, I, I honestly, this I think one that film's like the easiest out of the three. This, it is the easiest. This but, one, this one has a lot of well, yeah, because in the third one, it's you're dealing with yeah. the Nordics though too, right? And they're very you can't really tell them apart at all. Yeah, and, and they 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 almost seem like waste characters too. Everyone just kind of seems to blend blend together as the same person. It's weird. But in this one, man, like, I, there's no development between who everybody, who the individuals are in this film. Between military and the scientists to the reporters and even the women, are, like, they're the fucking same. You know? Well, there's only two women, so. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I forget, I forget that there's women in here. And then it that's seems a, like there's and, a lot of damn And that's a big difference, here. you know, between mm-hmm. this adaptation of the story and Carpenter's. Carpenter's is a sausage, 
you know, it, it, there's nothing yeah. but guys in that film, right? So he didn't. Yeah. There's only guys. Yeah, he didn't incorporate women, which in this film there actually is like two women in the film. Yeah. Um, but that's one thing I've always had a problem with this movie because I've seen this movie a bunch of times, and you still kind of when you watch, you're like, who's that person again? Is he military? Is he a scientist? <laughs> You yeah, know, because they really don't develop anybody at all, right? Everyone's yeah, kind of yeah. in like the opening shots together, and everyone has their part, but they're not defined at all. It's very typical fifties yeah. filmmaking for sure, hands down. They also say in this one, it's a plant-based organism. Yeah, which is different. Yeah. Um, what's it? What's it? I can't remember what it is in the other ones, to be honest. Well, it's it's more of just like a mm-hmm. like. Because I they think don't really the other it. movie looks kind of planty. Well, a little bit, yeah. But um, yeah, in this one, it, it it drinks the blood of animals, but it's like a plant based organism. Yeah, mm-hmm. the motives are different too. In yeah. in Carpenter's, the organisms meant to imitate. Right, it's it's trying yeah, to fit yeah. in. Like, it's trying to fit in that way to basically create its empire. Yeah, and this one's not doing that. So that that's the big unsubtle difference. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Films. Which, yeah, the carb. Which in the book, that's what it is. It's trying to yeah. basically create a race, and it's one being in the original in the original story. It's one thing. So like, if it takes over multiple things, it's still one being so it's kind of interesting yeah it's almost it's almost like the organism itself can break away from itself right yeah you know what i'm saying like it it can go it can intimidate or intimidate (laughs) um but yeah so it'll you know it'll do that to imitate imitate and then it'll go on to another thing and imitate them too yeah it's kind of it's kind of a cool just take over the world that's a scary premise because ruler of its own world it's such a fucking scary premise when you have one organism that is able to do that because you technically if you look at the bigger picture of what you're dealing with you don't know when it's doing it it could have done it to so many things and like okay we killed off this this and this but there still could be 30 more imitated versions of this organism organism the this film, the thing from another world, is really. I mean, it's a good movie for the the nineteen fifties. Yeah. But when you put it next to Carpenter's Man, I mean, it is just it just feels uh, so. You know, plain honestly, like when I'm watching basic. the movie, I like to I like to totally disconnect myself because I like fifties movies. I like the simplicity of fifties movies. They're very basic. Yeah. They're very straightforward yeah. usually, and this one's no different. I mean, the outcome of what how they how they kill the the alien is what like, is it like electric something yeah, well, <laughs> electric just, shock on the floor? But it's so yeah. funny the way they do it because the the yeah. and it's funny because the alien actually looks like Bigfoot. Towards Towards the end, it's like really bizarre. <laughs> but he's walking, so they set up this kind of this pathway, and it's electrical charge type thing. And he's walking beside it, yeah. <laughs> you know. So they have to get him onto there. So they they basically get him into the middle, and then they fucking and but the best part about it's that like scene very though, Scooby Doo man. <laughs> the best thing about that scene is like, wait for it. It's literally that. It's li- literally yeah. that moment. Wait for it. No, he's not in the middle. Wait for it. And they must say it like no. eight times, and they're like, "Now!" And they fucking pull up, and I'm like, "Oh my god, this is awesome! It's so sweet." But it's so simple. Yeah, it's so simple, and but you know, it's effective. And honestly, man, you know, 
even though you can tell this is a straight up studio film, and this is shot on sets and stuff, they actually filmed in like a meat locker and stuff, which I thought was quite interesting because if you're watching the movie in, in those scenes where they're inside their uh, whatever you want to call it, their laboratory type area and shit, it's cold as fuck for real in there. That, that breath that the, that you're seeing. Well, they're yeah, there's no CG, there's, so I would, just, I would hope it's I lo- real. I love that. But, but they could have cheaped out and just not had that, you know, because yeah. some people walking, watching films, even though it's set in like a cold area, they don't think about the breath and shit. They didn't have to do that, but they did. Uh, it was kind of cool. But you can honestly tell if you watch the film a couple times, the actors are legitimately freezing in that in those meat loggers. They're shaking. I love that. I think it's cool. Yeah, it's pretty cool. So. so, rating Nados. All right. Um, yeah, let's do it. Who goes first? I'll go first. Give the thing from another world a seven out of ten. All right. Um, I am around where you're at. Uh, I do really like moods. Like these are, are really good movies to just pop on. And they have an atmosphere. That's what's cool about them. They do. Is they did focus a lot on like atmosphere back then. And uh, it's almost like they had to, especially in like the black and white ones. But uh, I give it a seven and a half out of ten. Yeah, I'm I'm actually at the same rating, seven and a half out of ten. I think this movie suffers from having way too many characters. I know that sounds whatever. But I, I think some of the subplots that are going on with some of the characters are just completely unneeded. I wish they had to just had a focus on more of what they were investigating the whole time instead of having these stupid subplots and these potential kind of love interests and things like that. I, I don't give a fuck about that. We're not here to, you know, to do that. So that's always been my biggest problem with the film. Um, I do love the music in this. It's actually pretty good. It's creepy. Um, it looks good. It's it's. It's one of those films where I feel like you can just pop on and enjoy if that makes any, obviously that makes sense, but you know, you don't really have to dive too deep into, you know, into the narrative and shit like that and just completely enjoy. Um, but seven and a half out of 10, it's, it's not mind blowing, but mm-hmm. I do, I do on, I do respect the, the effort that they put into this. I just wish they had made it, you know, it sounds kind of funny, but just a little bit simpler with characters. You don't need fucking. There must be <laughs> there must be fifteen people in this small little narrative. Yeah, you know, and they extended the time by having these subplots and shit where you, you don't fucking need. <clears throat> it's ridiculous, you know. So, I think that kind of hurts the film a little bit, but still, it's it's still a fun production. So that is the thing from another world, nineteen fifty one. I'm gonna hide this tape when I'm finished. If none of us make it, at least there'll be some kind of record. And moving along to John Carpenter's The Thing. I think this might be the first time we ever reviewed a film after it was already in our Hall of Fame. Oh, <laughs> most, most definitely. Well, I just want to get this out of the way. JP, you might as well get it out of your system and just tell us about the commentary track now. Well, let's do this. I, I don't really have much to say about Man, that. I know, I know, Moods. I said the same thing when I saw that he was watching the commentary. You I was know, like... I it's was, Eli Roth all over. Again. I'm not gonna lie. I'm not gonna lie. I was going to actually watch the commentary track, and I I just didn't end up watching it. 
So yeah. that kind of sucks. But yeah. well, um, people love when I do that. By the way, so. I know I'm just busting your well, balls. It's, <laughs> yeah, you know, I mean, it's always it's always tough when you when you watch those things and you start spitting that knowledge because if we didn't see, <laughs> we're just kind of like on the outskirts. So, but anyways, ne- nevertheless, it's still cool. It's still cool. So John Carpenter adapts the short story 1982. You know, 31 years after the original film. Um, same synopsis. A research team in Antarctica is hunted by a shape-shifting alien that assumes the appearance of its victims. It's pretty accurate. Yeah. So, yeah. God damn. This, this is a masterpiece. It really is a masterpiece. 100%. If you, if you ever want to get a, a, a decent vision, and a lot of people listening to the show have, you know, obviously seen this movie probably multiple times and stuff but yeah. you know this movie was shot in a lot of it was shot in my backyard not literally yeah. my house backyard but <laughs> it's shot in bc and you know all those beautiful cinematography and the, and the snow and shit like that and that was shot around where i live so yeah cool. does that make it better just because it's no 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 shot in your it, it, it's impressive the cinematography used for such a low budget film mm-hmm. and the locations and shit i mean he's lit- legitimately shooting in shitty fucking weather like that's some cold ass shit up there, man. Real, yeah. real nasty cold. So I give him props right there for doing this, man. It's, it's amazing. Um, I do, I, I do have to get this off my chest right away, though. Um, the thing is, is a brilliant, brilliant film, and I don't know if a lot of people have ever noticed this before, but there is, there is a line of di- dialogue in the movie. I think it's like right in the beginning. They're talking about how this is, you know, the first week of winter. And it's set yep. in Antarctica. So the setting is in Antarctica. Now, if you're, if you're familiar with Antarctica and their winters... Wouldn't it be dark all the time? It's dark. The time this movie is set, it's dark 24 hours a day. Therefore, yeah. there's a fuck up right there. Now, obviously, Carpenter didn't want to set it completely in the dark because of the opening scene, especially. It's a hard scene to shoot if you're going after these, you know, these dogs that are, you know, basically yeah. aliens. It's pretty tough to fucking shoot. Mm-hmm. The, so I understand. I, I'm just, I always wanted to know if Carpenter just didn't, if that was an oversight and people wouldn't pick up on the fact that, you know, if you're shooting Antarctica at this time of year, it's, it's dark 24 hours a day. It's a mistake in the film, technically. I'm not going to use it against them. Yeah, because- but is it, 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 is it only shown in the day? that for the first half an hour of the film right no yeah. there's a few there's a few moments of day right yeah, no there's there's a couple other moments during the day in the film for sure so the time is changed i mean it's you know what are the chances yeah. they were up there and it was just going to dark and they should no it, it, he's saying the first week of winter by that time it's been, yeah it's yeah. been dark 24 hours a day for a little bit yeah, it's just that's like a it, completely inconsequential, yeah, little detail that doesn't really matter. It doesn't matter at all, and I'm not going to even take marks off for that. It's just something that came to me, mm-hmm. and I thought it was I, didn't, worth, I didn't even know that. I so. thought it was noteworthy because I've never heard anyone mention it before. So, what I'm really curious is to hear this uh, twinkle in the eye theory that we had that Brandon had during the uh, the eighty two show. Brandon's. Well, th- isn't he the one who brought it up and was like, I think oh, I brought it up. Twinkle. So, so you think that's so the giveaway? Here's what they mention it in the commentary. This is new information. When Scream Factory released the uh, Blu ray, yeah. there was a new commentary from Shockwave's co host, Rob Galuzio, and Dean Cundy, the cinematographer. Yeah. Um, 
famed cinematographer who's amazing. Um, and honestly, the track is kind of boring. There's a few moments of information, but it's it's kind of a dry track. But one of the things that they mention in the commentary track is Dean Cundy says that when they shot a scene, and that's where people kind of lose it a little bit, is he's more referencing a scene, not the entire movie. It would be cool uh-huh. if it was the entire movie. Um, but there's this the scene where they're doing the blood test. They purposely removed or shot it in a way to where the person who was going to be the thing, there's no gleam in their eye because they, the, you know, the windows to the soul is the eye and stuff like that. And um, it, the, it, their eyes are more dark and, and black and there's no gleam. And it is true. There isn't. I mean, they're like accidental a little bit. Here yeah. There, I just think if you're going to, if you're going to, what's that? I think if you're going to go with that theory, you have to do it the entire film. You can't just say like, Oh, I just, happened to be like that in this one scene and it so happened that it worked that way it would have been cool if they actually if they actually did that throughout the whole film though that yeah. would have been interesting yeah. because well, it's something that, that would it's, require it's you a, to actually know who the thing is at all times when you write it which i don't think is a known thing i don't think john carpenter knows who but, the thing is at every point in the film and I don't think you should because that's kind of the whole point. It adds to the complete and overbearing aspect of paranoia in the movie. Yeah. That's, what, that, that's why this movie works so well. That's why this movie works so well because there is no tell. As long as you can't prove that this person couldn't have been the thing because this, that, and the other, which you can't. There's no situation where you're looking at it and being like, that don't make sense. How could he be the thing? So – the 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 reason that since you can't do that then yes it 100% makes sense to not know yourself who the thing is as long as you can't disprove it is all that matters yeah it works it mm-hmm. it, it works so brilliant. much well it it's works so yeah. it works so much better from a writing aspect right because i mean theoretically you don't need to know as long as the person who's revealed to be the thing could be the thing like there's situations where they could be well, the couldn't thing. Couldn't everybody be the thing? No, because then not? nobody would be killing each other. <laughs> well, anybody could. Any anybody could be the thing. Yeah. What do you What are you asking? I thought you said. Never mind. I'm well, I mean that that's kind of that is the whole point though. Anybody could be the thing. Yeah. Anybody can yeah. be the thing as yeah. long as when they are revealed to be the thing, you can't say that that person couldn't have been the thing because they weren't in contact with this, with this thing. And as long as you can't track it, then it doesn't, it it makes it easier to write the story. I mean, yeah, because if somebody gets revealed to be the thing and then you look back and you're like, well, they fucked up there because there was a gleam in his eye, you know, it's like, what? Like, come on, man. But But I think, I think it works so much better this way. Plus it's mainly that scene that I think they're talking about. No, I don't think it extends to the entire film. Cundy was like very coy on it because at the end of the film with that's pretty goddamn clever, man. If they tried to incorporate that into there, like for real, he says that they did. That was not well to the one. He brought it up. Yeah. To the, into the one scene. Yeah. He brought it up. He was like, if you notice here, there's not a gleam in that person's eye. And we did that intentionally. I wonder what the truth is behind that. Like, I mean, it could have been a coincidence the way it was filmed. And then they, no, he they, said, I mean, I think that he's telling the truth. He says intentionally in this moment, we've wanted to show that there was no 
gleam in his. There was no. It was dark. He the way he says it is mm-hmm. his eyes were dark. His yeah, eyes yeah. were dark. Foreshadowed that he is the thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, Why didn't they just do it the cool. entire movie? Then? Well, I don't know. Maybe they didn't think about it until they were shooting that scene. Well, okay. I also I also think that the reason why they didn't do it during the whole entire film is because it's hard to keep track of too. Yeah. Right. It, yeah. It, 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 it's just from a writing standpoint, it's easier to do it in one scene mm-hmm. and roll with it that way than and try to can you know to have that perfect you know level story throughout the whole thing. I think you might catch on and it might be all kind of fucky. I think it works better yeah. without it. I think it really yeah. does. It, it definitely adds to the paranoia. If, if there's no, I love if there's the paranoia no, if there's movie, no, man. if there's no minor minute tells, I mean, when you watch this movie, you literally have no idea. That's, I still to this day forget that's who the, the thing point. is when they're the thing. Like, and sometimes you can't tell, and other times I literally just forget. Like, which mm. one of these guys turns into the thing here? I forget. You know what I mean? And um, I, like, I love how the paranoia hits the characters uh you know you have the and i always forget the names like i I hate that about i'm starting to learn them better but um you have the um the dude who gets like really paranoid once he realized what's gonna happen um and he like starts like shooting at motherfuckers (laughs) he's like fuck you guys (laughs) you know because he knows he realizes the seriousness of the situation before any Mm -hmm. of them is it blair i think Blair's yeah, the one. Yeah, Doctor well, Blair's Blair. like the army guy. Right? Doctor Blair's the guy that destroys all the the computers with the bat. Remember they lock him yeah. outside. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah well, that, that's yeah. a great. That's perfect. Yeah, dude, that that yeah. character was written really well because he he figures it out before anybody. Yeah, well, and then he realizes doctor, the seriousness of it, and then he needs he realizes that basically, if there's even a slight percent chance that one of us is the thing, then there's a very good chance that it can infect the whole world if it gets back to the civilization, which means mm-hmm. that any, you know, good natured, you know, scientist would know that you need to cut off the entire possibility mm. of it getting out by killing everybody or, or it, it is kind of funny. Them. It is kind of funny when he's breaking that shit down on like the Commodore 64 and it's like, yeah, oh, I was yeah. thinking about that's that the only, that is literally the only flaw in the film. <laughs> it is because they didn't have the technology yeah. at all. Even the people watching that film, like everybody knew there was no technology to do that. Yeah, and it's like, and he's, kinda, that, he's that running theory. numbers and then he comes up yeah. with this theory and he figures it out. I mean, it's so like the, the percentage actually, of the mass production of what, the mass destruction yeah, of everybody. The, the complexity of what he was figuring out there is so mind blowing Yeah, that there's just no fucking way. I mean, yeah, think chances about that one or more like of the crew is infected and it's like yeah. 60 to 75% or something. Yeah. And then it's like chances if uh, reaches, it reaches the mainland, like hundred percent of infection within like 19 days or something. Yeah. And you're just like that. No, that I've always thought that's the only flaw of this film. That right there. That's the only flaw. Um, I can't remember if it's that scene or if it's the scene where McGrady's playing chess or whatever, but it's fucking yeah. Adrian, but Bo- Adrian, but Bo- 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 voice. Yeah. Yeah. Which I think is so, kind of cool. Dude, one of my favorite scenes in this fit. Okay, going back to Blair, did you fucking realize that he has a nose piercing? I don't think I. No, yeah, I maybe. Really yeah, maybe. Attention. Maybe. Yeah. Dude, he has a. His nose is pierced. There's a hoop through his nose. Okay, what does that mean? <laughs> okay, maybe I didn't. I don't know. I don't Isn't think I've ever that noticed. The weirdest fucking thing ever. It is weird. It's super weird. Super weird. 
I was like, what the fuck? I was like, I because I to well, tell just the for everything, just for everything. I got though. to watch this in the theater for this review, which is super exciting, right? When does that ever happen? Yeah, they were doing a yeah. screening of it, like they do every winter, it seems like. And I went and seen it, and I noticed on the big screen. By the way, if you've never seen this on the big screen, it's it's just something else, man. It's truly amazing, but. Um, you two love the, this movie way more than I do. Now, this is once again back to the favorite first good film. Like I appreciate what it is, and I like it a lot. And it's many, a masterpiece. How many, how many times have you seen this movie, Jeremy? A lot. I've seen it like five or six times, probably. Okay. Wow. But it's not like it's not like one of my favorites, like your guys is. I've probably seen it. See this 20- movie. This movie incorporates a lot of things that I love in movies. I love. Yeah. I'm a visual person. I love cinematography. You know, mm-hmm. and this one starts out with some brilliant cinematography. I like cool characters. McReady, you got fucking Childs. He's cool. Fuck, you know, even the dude who's like <laughs> Childs is the black uh, guy, and he's expected to die, which is kind of cool that it kind of. They talk about that in horror noir. Oh yeah, they yeah. do. They do actually, and it yeah. kind of breaks the trope, you know, a little bit. You know, it was starting around this time and shit, and I mean, really, you expect Childs to fucking you got, die because he's you black. You got Needles, who's cool. I like needles. Yeah. I like the yeah. one dude when he's like, me and Carly been saying this nonstop, but he's like, when they split up and he's like, you go with needles. And he's like, I ain't going with needles. Yeah, man. <laughs> wait, wait, how does he say it? I there, ain't go- there's just lots of cool character actors in here, man. Like Richard Moser who plays Clark. He's cool, man. You recognize these guys from everything, man. It's a great cast. Yeah. It's a great cast of great actors. Everyone pulls off the roles really well. Um, the music by Anoni Morricone is like, phenomenal it is the most perfect soundtrack of all time but that's the thing like it's it's subtle sorry sorry hold on it adds i have to go back to this because she'll kill me if i don't but that's what made him that's what made him a master of scoring movies that you got to remember he comes in there and he's you know watching the shit and he's scoring this and and it's interesting that carpenter didn't do the music for this I, i just find it so compelling that he didn't but you know but Morricone did such an amazing job just elevating. The music in this movie is a fucking character. It is. It adds to the paranoia so much. It's so brilliant. Oh, I love it. Absolutely let me, let me, love it. I, I love it, too. Let me go back to this thing real quick. So I had a question. Me and Carly were talking about this. So the, there's a funny moment that I never found funny before, but just seen the movie a million times. It's not I ain't going with needles. It's. He says, I ain't going with Windows. I ain't going with him. And it's really funny because the way that the character says it, because he's actually the thing. Once you realize, you know, it's yeah. revealed later that he's yeah. the thing. But he's like, I ain't going with Windows. He's placing blame on Windows that Windows is probably the thing, even though he's the thing. Yeah, and yeah. he's saying, like, I ain't going with Windows. Yeah. And I thought that that's really interesting. Once you see the film a bunch of times, you start noticing stuff like that. Yeah. But besides that the way he says i ain't going with windows not windows he's like i ain't going with windows and me and carly just kept repeating it because it was funny but do you think that actor now is it that he decides that he's gonna say it like that or do you think that's how he talks i mean i don't know <laughs> I, I think it's impossible it. to say that i, never I know but I, I was just wondering is that supposed to be like part of his like character or the accent or does he just actually talk like that he don't say windows he says i ain't going with windows i ain't going with him <laughs> i would say that's just probably the way he pronounced the word yeah i probably i would probably go with that yeah but um okay. 
We're going to talk about the effects, boys. Masterful effects. The greatest of all time. Yeah, the effects are something else in this movie, man. They really are. They still hold up. So oh, amazing. I, it's still It's still, like, you know me, I'm a dog lover, man. And I don't yeah. like watching dogs get all fucked up and shit, but that scene with the dog transformation is crazy, yeah. man. When it's, its face opens up, it's, it's fucking insane. still haunting, like, the way they have those little fucking tentacle things. That's and, why I thought it was plant-like, because of those tentacle type of things. I love it. The, the, Do the, plants have tentacles? I mean, they looked fine Oh. They looked like fines. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. I don't know, but... Yeah. However, they did it though. It just it really kind of it works on all levels, dude. One of my favorite the scenes is when they Whew, when they run outside from the dude running away because he's still trying to turn full human. Because like it takes a while for the thing to replicate what it's trying to replicate. Mm-hmm. So when they run outside and he's in the snow and they walk up on him, the redheaded dude. Yeah. And it's scary as fuck. He's just like looking and like ah, it gives me cold chills. <laughs> um. Then they just torch him. Uh, the dog kennel scene is so good, you know, because mm-hmm. the dogs know they start barking at it because they have that sense, you know. Well, you it's know? A, it's know. a weird, it, you know, it's a weird scene that I've always tried to analyze, you know, in my head, like because when the dude brings the dog, uh, who is it when he brings the guy that with the dog? Um, the fuck's his name? Whatever uh, we know who he's talking about. Yeah, yeah I'm trying to remember the kid. Anyways, but when he puts the dog in there. You know, the dog kind of goes in the middle, but none of the other dogs react right away. No. I always I always wondered why, because they start reacting after it come, it, you know, after it ends well, back to it. Because they tell you why in the um, film, because once it's complete, it's a perfect duplication of the original host. There's no way to tell. It's perfect. Yeah, but, yeah, but why was it, would they tell later on down but, the line? But then? wasn't but wasn't it complete, though? Yeah. Yeah, it was complete. It so, was a complete so why song. are they barking then? So I'm because just... once it starts changing and goes away from its complete replication, that's when they start noticing. Yeah, I guess. I guess. Yeah, that makes and sense. And then it's yeah. trying to replicate it. Like, its goal in that scene is to suck the other dogs in and then push them back out and have four yeah, or four however five. many dogs, four yes. perfect rep- replications. Yeah, yeah, I get that. Yep. Man, it is one of the most creative and genius concepts for a movie ever. Mm-hmm. Like the the it's, you know, basic body snatcher, but so much more because it's one host and it's uh, or it's one That's um, honestly one of my favorite things like, about the about the story is that it's one host. That's kind of yeah, bra- it's, it's, one it's organism. almost like it's kind of like it's breaking off and a little piece of here and you go and uh imitate this i love that concept man that is fucking scary like when you act when you're watching the movie and you figure that out and you put that into perspective a full imitated person could be overlooked game over for the world yeah that's fucked up man (laughs) that's fucked up like if it gets out like it's it's done like it's a really really scary thought man fuck super cool it's like that with any virus. If you don't movie, recognize though. it as a threat, you never will. Yeah. Right? That's a scary goddamn thought. That That's why I think Carpenter develops the paranoia so amazing in this film. And, and Marconi helps, man. Really. Like, if you watch this movie, like, I always hear music in movies. 
the way this thing plays on a very subtle platform, they never went too big. It's like one of those fucking movies where the score never rises octanes, right? Any mm-hmm. type of movie always has like a plateau. Like it'll always kind of come up here and, you know, like jump scares and, and things like that, but it doesn't do that. See, you notice that shit more than me and JP. But mm-hmm. it's a character. Because your ears trained for that shit. Yeah, and it's and it's a fucking character. It, it's so it's so insane how more like this this is why he's the greatest scorer of all time. Like he literally does this. Like he just he just knows what to do properly. You know, I guess it takes the right ear to to recognize it too. I mean, for not it doesn't mm-hmm. mean anything less. So you don't recognize it, but it's good to note that it's it's such a big part of the movie. You take away. That paranoid, full-blown paranoid score. You still have a great film. Yeah. But it's different. It's like Halloween. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't say it's that iconic. No, I'm not saying iconic, but I'm saying if you take away the score from Halloween. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think it's it's... more... I think it's more effective in that film than this movie. Yeah. Yeah, it is. But, I I mean, it's still really good in this. Uh, Dude, one of my favorite scenes in this movie, it's... You think the score in it's Halloween such... is more effective than this one? No, more important to the narrative. I think if you take and the, I if you take away it's... a score, if you take away the score from each film, it would the score of that film is more important than the score of this film is. <sighs> I, I, I I disagree. I disagree. I think the score is like the ultimate. It's like the ultimate piece of the puzzle here, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know, I, Halloween. It's so important, though, man. Yeah. I mean, like you just got. Lori walking around if the score <laughs> yeah score, like when when she's sitting in the room with michael in the background like rising out like out of the closet it's but just you, her sitting there but, but, the thing, <laughs> but the thing is with this movie like the score plays predominantly through the entire film like right from the opening scenes and stuff and it just has a and, it, and it's got this kind of monotone fucking flow to it and the thing i love about it is that it never it never the, the music never breaks character it stays all the way with Carpenter's vision of this movie right from the start is straight doom and gloom. Yeah. It's an absolute perfect movie in my opinion. Like right to the end and the way he ends this thing, thank God he didn't cop out and have some ridiculous fucking, all of a sudden the fucking Marines fly in and they save the fucking day. No, that's not how everybody dies. Because you can't or have that. You don't know. But you, you don't know. Yeah, but you I mean, can't have that though. Because what happens if you do that is, yeah. it just more opens, people could it, get affected. It opens up questions. You yeah. he, Carpenter, I think, didn't want any questions at the end of the film. We know, but that, there is questions. But there though. isn't though. Childs, Childs, and McGrady are dead. The, yeah, they, but you don't know if they're the thing. Well. They do have that conversation. Yeah. That's the biggest yeah. question ever. Well, the thing is, is we're one sh- of them the thing? We're and shown- even if they die, there's the thing lives on because they're going to take the bodies and they're going to thaw out again. Yeah. I mean, they do kind of, they touch on that at the end. I mean, you know, for a viewer, we know at one point that they're not the thing. But I guess, yeah. I, I guess that is the well, question. Well, we know – I we don't. We, we know – yeah, the only point yeah, we, we know, know is when they test the, the blood. blood. Yeah. Exactly. But that's but that's the hope that we have. And But Childs disappears as well. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it, it's very interesting because 
at the end of the day, I think just in dialogue, the way they're spitting at the end and like they're in, without saying directly, Hey, Capadre, it was nice knowing you. You're great to work with, but they, they, they actually hint towards it. They're like, well, this is going to burn out. You know, we have a while before this burns out. Yeah. You know, and they say subtle things like that where it is well, true though. Mc, Once that McReady shit burns out, they have no still paranoid heat. though. Yeah, yeah because because he couldn't says, the thing, couldn't the he thing says, come let's and just sit and wait and see what like let's just sit for a while and see what happens. See, or at something. that point, I always thought that they weren't infected. You know, and they're, see, uh, they're but they're still paranoid because I like in the to back think of their mind is infected. Yeah, well, then, and McCready's gonna die. Okay, yeah. And Childs is going to live on as the thing. See, I think it just adds to the paranoia. It's like, man, you know, they're sitting there going, what the fuck? Yeah, it's really awesome. And right? Rob yeah. Rob Galuzio tries to get that out of Dean Cundy. He says, well, I don't see a gleam in Child's eye here, but yeah. I do see one of McReady's. So, so there hinting, is that. Hinting he, that, he was hinting that Childs was infected. Yeah. Hinting that Charles, because I think it is, it is McReady that says, you know, we have until this thing burns out. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't so think, in, I think that it's pretty obvious because we spend all the time with McReady and he's our protagonist that he wouldn't be infected. But Childs is another story. You don't know. But the movie already has so many twists and turns and things like that. And one, I mean, if you, if you perceive the film where a lot of people kind of look at it, where, you know, they're, they're going to die after the thing burns out. I mean, do you know the gasoline theory? I uh, may have heard it familiarize me. So it, it's the end of the movie and they're um, setting bombs and shit down in the thing. Yeah. And they're using Molotov cocktails, um, which obviously is like gas or some kind of sort of flammable liquid in a bottle, which has a rag in it. You light it on fire and it blows up. Um, yeah, at yeah. the end of the very end of the film, McReady and Childs is sitting there and McReady has a bottle of alcohol that he never drinks, but gives the Childs and Childs takes a sip of it. Um, and McReady and the theory is that that was one of the Molotov cocktails and that was McReady's test to see if Childs was the thing, because if he drank it and didn't notice, cause he wouldn't know what alcohol versus gasoline tastes like so um because he drank it he's the thing that's the theory um there's not it's not it was never written like that i think carpenter even said like he never thought of that to do that but i thought it was an interesting fan theory Mm. yeah i mean most molotov cocktails are actually just rags inside a bottle of booze then you light it and it's so flammable that it fucking but i think they use gasoline though in this film that's what they had I guess. Yeah. yeah. But But that's genius, right? If you're McReady, that's fucking super smart. That is super smart. That is super smart. <laughs> yeah. It seems like something that he would do. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty yeah. I mean, but they showcase that in the film though, how smart he potentially is. Even though he does lose to the chess well, master on a Commodore sixty four. He loses to chess master on Commodore sixty four, man. Like That on. thing will beat you at chess. Yeah. Yeah, I wouldn't doubt that. <laughs> I don't even know how to play chess. So. Oh, really? I, I can play, I chess. play chess. I can play chess. I'm not good at it. Um, but 
I love the blood test scene, dude. It's one of the best horror moments ever. I love the the when shit hits the fan when he goes to do the defibrillator and the fucking chest yeah. opens up and bites his hands off, and then the spider head, dude. I mean, it is all just chaos and wonderful at that moment. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's so good. I think I think the whole movie is just a sequence of amazing scenes. There's one scene that I it is it is there's one scene that I never understand um so whenever he first does the blood test and he tests the first two and they're not the thing and it looks like his test doesn't work because one of them I don't know who the was it, whose blood was those who's he testing at that point they're both dead characters and they're both not things yeah, I I don't remember who exactly the characters were, but I don't but he, know. But, but he was but he was testing that blood because he knew that was he needed a he needed a reference. Oh, I know, but they they're neither of them are the thing. But hmm. I don't know whose blood he's testing at that point. But I thought there's two dead characters over on the over on the gurneys. Yeah, one yeah. of them is a thing, and one of them is not. So I'm like, whose blood is he testing if he does two and they're both not the thing? But once you're dead, does the thing, does that theory still works? Yeah, because you're not dead. That's the whole yeah, point of the yeah, thing. Exactly. Yeah. The yeah, cells still just work. stay. Yeah. Yeah, because Unless it wasn't, they're completely yeah. burned away. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. Like, well, that, that's, never, that's, that's I, an interesting I, point. I meant to rewatch it and see, because like, that part always confuses me, because I don't know. Because the names, it's the names that fuck me up. I don't know who's who ever. I know Niles. You know, I never really thought Beatles. Yeah, uh, Blair, McGready, Childs. Who's the other doctor? The the like skinnier one, where he's like, I don't want to spend all winter tied to this fucking chair. Copper, (laughs) copper, whatever. Cooper, copper, Cooper. Yeah, I thought he was a military guy, or is he a doctor? He's, he was a doctor. Think, there was a doctor copper. I think or something. they're all. What, they're just like some of them are doctors and some of them are just workers. Yeah. Yeah. And one's like a scientist or something. It's like a weird group of people, but I love like just the little stuff, like where he's watching the VHS game shows and he's like, "I've seen the end of this one already," and goes over <laughs> and shuts it off. And then the other dude's like wearing his roller skates all throughout the building and shit, and the cook. Yeah. But I like that Rip. they show shit like that in there because, man, when you're in Antarctica and you and you're secluded to one building, I know the you, time I went and was you, secluded to one building, dude, it was crazy. You, yeah, man, you, you gotta. <laughs> it's not like you can just go to the fucking you know the nearest Mickey D's or anything, but yeah. you got to do shit to keep yourself occupied. There's another moment in the film that's really weird where it's like it, it's almost like a weird edit. Like they're outside. And then they're like, you know, it's all snowy and shit. And they're like, well, I didn't have my lights on in my cabin last time or something. And then it's a complete place. Yeah, it's a complete time skip. Like it, it it fades to black. And then like a certain amount of time, hours have went by. And like you never see what happens there. You only see it from the, the character who says that they saw ripped long johns in McCready's fireplace. But, like, what happened? You know, you don't even know what happened with those characters. Yeah, for Because sure. there were three of them. One makes it back. Then McReady, McReady breaks through the window. And he comes back. 
what, who was the other guy? Like, where did he go? Like, you know what I mean? It's, it, it's a really weird scene how they play that. It, it leads to further confusion for me. <laughs> huh? <laughs> yeah, I never really. I don't. Never, think I, they never, they never walk just over there. Cuts or the black, like, and then yeah. I never well, really thought walking, hard about it. They yeah. never show what happens. Mm-hmm. They never show what happens in that scene. The next thing you know, McRady's been out in the winter for all night. Where he's like beards all frozen in snow and yeah, shit. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Weird. But like mm-hmm. what happened, you know? Like Wouldn't that's like I always wonder that. <laughs> yeah. Crazy. Hmm. Um, another scene I love, you know, is when they go to um the Norwegian camp. I think it's that's why the prequel actually was such a good idea. Because you you look at that setting and like where the block of ice is, especially in the video game, they do a really good job recreating that. But you're like looking at the building. You're like, what the fuck happened here? You know what I mean? It is really bad. Whatever happened here. Yeah. And it's like really, I think I just love, I just love that we see the the face combined creature that we see how that comes to be and all that later on. That's really cool. That's a little nuance. Yeah, that is actually pretty cool, man. Yeah, in the in the prequel, we'll get we'll get to that. because yeah. I, I have yeah. a lot to say about that. But um, yeah, I love that they go out there, check that out. They bring that thing back, you know, do an autopsy on it. They're like, Jesus, this thing is weird. <laughs> you know, it's so funny about when they go to the Norwegians' camp there, when they're in the room where, <laughs> where that big ice block was. If you look closely, man, you can see the icicles actually swaying in the wind. And I'm, and I'm like, oh my god! Like, obviously that can't work, right? Yeah. There's solid matter, so I'm like, all right, whatever. It's not perfect, but it it still works, I guess. <laughs> it's hilarious. Yeah, but um, I don't think I have much more to say about it. That's like all I picked up from the commentary, though. There, it was it was honestly kind of a boring co- commentary. <laughs> but the, oh, the new scene. That's like the one moment of comedy in there where they open the door, the, the hatch, and he's like, listen, I'm fine now. I want to come back inside. Yeah. <clears throat> and there's a fucking noose just chilling there. Yeah. And you're like, dude, what the – it's so like awkward and like yeah. they don't even like mention it. And then underneath his cabin, he built a spaceship. That's something that I never really thought about when I was younger. But he was trying to build a spaceship. So he was the thing at one point too. Yep. Yeah. But why would he hang himself if he was the thing? Well, it was before he was, it was gonna before. Hang yeah. Yeah. Before yeah. He was the thing. Yeah. Somebody got to him. Well, I think we all know our ratings. Yeah, it's a ten. Yep. It's my fifth favorite horror film of all time. It's my number one 1982 horror film of all time, and I absolutely love it. 10 out of 10. Yeah, I've come down to an 8. Yeah, right. <laughs> Shut up, Brandon. <laughs> Dude, that's just insulting. Don't call me Brandon. <laughs> yeah, he, he's not his pal. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, it's 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 a 10 for me. I always said this is Carpenter's best film. Hands yeah. down. Yep, me too. All right, confirmed. Well, it's in the hall. Of, it's in the hall of fame. Twice. Twice. <laughs> Twice. 
<laughs> that's weird. <laughs> that's like, that's weird to me. Reviewing a film that's already in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, it is kind of interesting. Yeah. Lars has feelings. So he's human. It can't imitate inorganic material. All right, moving along to 2011 with the Thing prequel to the 1982 John Carpenter film. It's also called The Thing. The Thing. It is also well, what called... else would they call it? The Thing 2? But it's not The Thing 2. Yeah, The Thing 2 is a little bit misleading. Why? The Thing 2 is the second thing. But it's not... It doesn't necessarily it, But it have happens to... before the first. What about Amityville 2? Does, Amity, uh, does Amityville 2 happen before Amityville 1? Yeah. It's yeah, a it's prequel. a prequel. Yeah, <laughs> I, I've only seen it once, so I'm just like, I'm out. I don't know. I always had a little bit of a problem with that, though. The Amityville Part Two. It's not really Part Two. Mm-hmm. I don't know. That's weird. But yeah, simply titled the thing. But then again, you know, we had Halloween 2018, which was simply titled Halloween, which is a sequel to the original film. Also called Halloween. Halloween. I hate fucking movies that are. That is so lame. God. What about Psycho Four? What about Two Fat? What about The Fast and the Furious? The what about Duff Puppet Final Master Three? The Final Destination. All these are prequels, and they have to, they, they they should have called it The Thing, The Beginning. Ugh. I mean, I guess so. I guess that's a little bit better. But, I mean, isn't that misleading, though, too? Is it the beginning to, I mean, if you're a thing geek, you look at that title and you go, is it the beginning of the whole thing? The thing, (laughs) right? Yeah. I guess. I guess that works. But So this one's just set, like, at the same time as the, uh, you know, original thing, just a little bit before. Yeah, it's set in days it's, it's, or something. It's set in 1982, and it, it literally is. It's like the last day or two before Carpenter's film kicks in, which is pretty cool to think yeah. about. Yeah, so it's kind of it's kind of clear this movie was going to fail, but did it not, fail? Oh, it did horribly. It was a epic it? failure. Yeah, yeah. Because when you really think about it, who the fuck thirty years later is going to want to see a thing? know what the thing is besides fans of the thing see that that bums me out because i mean it's a good point though carpenter's thing failed yeah critic uh not critically but you know box office wise like i said again who the fuck cares about the thing besides fans of the thing yeah well it is true you got you got to understand too when there's a lot of people haven't seen the thing carpenter's the thing there's a lot of people that haven't seen that movie so when this I one also, came out, it's like... Uh. I also think that it had a lot to do with remake fatigue by 2011. Um, because although it's not a remake... I was just going to say it's not a remake. It but. looks like a remake. It was marketed as... Like, and it, has, it wasn't... It, I don't know if you guys remember. It wasn't marketed as a prequel. That's just something that the fans See, knew this is who, what like, I don't understand about marketing. I mean, you're you know what the product is. They made a fucking prequel. Why wouldn't you just market it as a fucking prequel? Because it, it feels like a because it feels like a remake when you think about it. Well, it's like the it same, has it, it has is, all the same 
beats that the it does well, that's because okay. essentially the same thing's happening because Be- that you have to remember this is also yeah. two days before a day or two before carbon this is literally yeah. the same it has to be the same story right it has to be it can't be so com- it something completely like different remake. which it wouldn't make fucking sense then but i get that it get yeah. you know it's a remake but it's when you look at the core narrative it's literally the telling of what yeah. happens before we see those well, it, dogs the really, dog running away it, that's what happens when you have the fortunate outcome of a film having a beginning to an end somewhere else. You know what I mean? Carpenter's film opens as the beginning of the end of something that we didn't see. Yeah. You know what I mean? So that, that that's a rarity and lends itself to prequel ability very yeah. well. Yeah. You know what I mean? But like, everything about the movie, but everything long. about the movie to us is a prequel. I mean, I wouldn't say I, it feels more. It feels like a remake, remake a lot. Yeah, it does feel like a remake because they're it, redoing the same sort of s- narrative, like figuring out the thing and then figuring out how to. Yeah, do I know, but you, you have thing. to look at it because of the the space and time when it's taking place. It's two days before these guys don't know what we already know as a viewer. Yeah. Right. So they're trying to figure out this shit. Well, I'm saying it plays out the same way, which makes it feel more like a remake. Of course. Of course. But how else would it play out, though? You know, I mean, of course, the beginning of the film and I have a better and, idea. What's the fucking point of this movie in general? The, what do you mean? The point? I mean, at least the, the end, point of making it. At least the it's end, a prequel. It's for it's us. A, it's a prequel for us. It's basically what's the point point of making any fucking movie ever? dude? you always ask like the dumbest fucking question. What do you mean? What's the point of making a movie? The point of this movie is it's a creature feature horror film. That's the point. The point of this movie is to show the shit that we get to see in Carpenter's film expanded. We get to to see the burnt down. What's the point of it besides that? Oh, well, there isn't. (laughs) I don't know. Wait, care to explain what you mean by that? You're talking to me? Yeah. What do you mean by what's the point of making... What's the point of making a film that's... It's the same exact thing, so if you're not going to call it a remake, what's the point of making it? But it's technically not, though. We're seeing what happened. Yeah, but the same exact things happen. Yeah, I know, but when you watch Carpenter's film, when we get to see... We get to see how the uh their facility got destroyed we got to see how the alien the the detail is there like you look at like the room that they store the ice block in. it's very similar yeah even remember when the carpenter's crew first walk into the norwegian thing there's the axe sticking out of the wall you see that happen yeah you see the person swing the axe and it sticks into the wall and they leave it there which is awesome like i remember noticing that the first time I seen this and was like, Oh, that's so cool. Cause I always wondered why that ax was there sticking yeah. out of the wall. And, uh, that's really cool. They show the, um, I give, I give the director and the writer props on, you know, putting in that shit, right? We get to see how everything happened in Carpenter's vision. It's fucking cool, man. Yeah, no, I, I love that. It's fucking cool. And I love the fact that like, <laughs> Man, the first time I watched this movie, I was so pissed off. As soon as the credits rolled, I was like, what the fuck? And then we get to see the dog running <laughs> Jeremy. away. I said that. I, I was yeah, Jeremy was all mad. I was like, no. And I couldn't remember that it was in the credits. 
So I was like, no, no, they definitely connect it. And he's like, no, they don't. No, they don't. <clears throat> and I was like, yeah, they do, dude. I, I've yeah. seen this movie before. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I love how they did it. I love it. It's yeah. so cool. But I'll never forget it, though, with that moment where I was like, what the fuck? Because Seriously? the music kicks in, too. Yeah. The, the original Carpenter yeah. music from the original film. But then I was like, and I'm, uh, yeah. I think that's the best way to do it, dude. It's yeah. like the ultimate, like, final Easter egg. Yeah. Because you're like, how? Because the whole time. And, and, and Jeremy asked why I do it like that. And here's why. Because the whole time in the movie, and this is the fatal flaw of any prequel. You know how it's going to end. Right. You know how a prequel is going to end because of the fact that it's a prequel and you know how the other begins. So the whole time you're looking for that, that, like you're looking you're like somebody has to survive. That's the whole point of a prequel is to tie in the movie. Right. So, yeah, but they throw you a curveball by not said by not doing it in a predictable way. Yeah. They which is awesome because you think that like it has to go a certain way, but they it doesn't. They swerve. And then it still ends up making sense but at they, the end. But they honestly, I don't know, man. I don't. What, what's your guys' thoughts on our our main scientist here? You know, um, Kate. I feel like the fate that, of her I feel character, like making the role a woman <clears throat> didn't feel the same to me. She did like maybe the age of her or something. Well, the the only problem I have with the whole Kate character at the end of the film, so we get to see her. The shit's done. It's fucking burnt down. Like she crawls into that uh, that fucking cruiser, whatever it is. Yeah, snow. And, and then it, and then it cuts over to what we get. We get the dog running away, and the Norwegians going after it. Yeah. So Kate's dead. So my only problem is with that is in Carpenter's film, we get to see we get to see some of the characters that died. Right. We get to see how this shit happened. We get to see this and that. What about her character? Well, we don't see what happens to it's like almost like the same as McGrady and Childs. It's like the weird thing about her character though. Yeah, is how like, do you know she doesn't get away? Yeah, you don't. Just the, like you don't know if Childs and McGrady get it, away. It's funny, like it always but the the first time I watched this film it always bugged me about her character and I was like, What the fuck? Like I kinda took it as the same way with McGrady and Childs, like she fucking dies. So I looked into this and the director literally from his mouth says she fucking dies. They just don't nice. show it. They just fucking, nice. they just don't show it. Yeah, that's awesome. So when they cut from her freezing her ass off in the vehicle to the dog and then and then ties into Carpenters, they just didn't show her die. She doesn't make it. She dies. Yeah, that's awesome. It was never, intended, it was never intended to be expanded upon. And I was like, fuck yeah, yeah the fucking director. Awesome. <laughs> that's that's awesome. pretty cool, man. Yeah, so yeah. she dies. I think this film's a little underrated, honestly. I yeah. think the it's the biggest fun. complaint that you hear from every single person is the CG because mm-hmm. the story goes that they filmed everything practical well, okay. and then that... the studio wanted them to add CG to everything. And I understand why people are upset, but keep in mind, we never saw how it looked on film. What if it looked shitty? Yeah. You know, like what if the practical still looks shitty though? So it doesn't it it yeah, looks but like you, but you know what the, the the flip side of the argument though is and you know i've heard the same thing you know they they did practical effects put the cg over the practical and shit like that how there's no way the practical effects were so bad that they had to fucking make it worse by putting cg over it i would personally take the bad practical effects over watching cg shit any fucking day of the week 
Yeah, well, you would because we're horror fans. But to but, be honest, like it doesn't look like it's just it's, it's bad. I don't think it that is it bad. Looks bad it, it is bad though. It is bad. But I mean, if but knowing the fact that they did practical effects and then they did that, if they had to just straight up CG'd the entire effect department, whatever it is, what it is. But the fact that they actually did practicals and then did that, it makes mm-hmm. me. It's like who the fuck is like who knows? It might have looked okay. But someone's going, no, you know, that's not up to fucking 2011 standards. I don't know, man. I just, I can't roll with it. Well, the thing is, we'll never know. We'll never know. know. There's still images of the practicals Mm -hmm. um, that you can look up online. See, I I remember when they were coming out. I would love to see comparison, man. You know, I would really, really like to see that footage because there's, e- there's even it's a big um, decision that fucked this. Film, in my wow. Opinion. There's a nice gif on here that shows the effect actually working like a behind the scenes thing. Yeah, that's pretty cool. It actually does look really good. But one of the most celebrated things about Carpenter's film is the Facts. amazing effects. You know, I think with this vision, this movie, this vision. I think no matter what, even if the practical effects had it turned out to be shitty, you know what? I you're, think that they should have absolutely right. I they're think, not shitty. That's the thing here. I'm looking at them right now. They're not shitty. And so, and that's the thing. Even if they turned out to be shitty, and they're like, "Hey, fuck, we need to do something about this," so they threw some shitty. <sighs> like, I'm, I'm gonna look them up. Now. You fucking have to keep it authentic. I think it's the biggest mistake that they did in this. Even if they were super shitty, they should have went back and just redid the practical effects and made it practical to tie in. Because we already tie this movie in pretty damn well. Why not make it visually tie in too? It's yeah. a big, it's well, a big I misstep. Think, I think that one of the things that I've always noticed. But about what's this the point film, of spending the money? It's like cutting the budget gone somewhere else if they were just gonna fucking CGI it. This seems like a waste of well, money to me. No, I think I think the point is, Jeremy, is that no, they no, did they the practical put effects. More money into it. They put practical effects in there, and I think someone made the the decision, the corporal decision, that the effects weren't good enough. So mm-hmm. they put the CG that's exa- over. It that's in, exactly what assuming the, fi- yeah. the film was so, finished shooting. Yeah, the, they didn't like the dailies or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe they didn't even like it after it was edited, and then they went in post production yes. and actually yes. CGI'd of, over top of everything. Instead of doing the appropriate thing and being like, "Hey, fuck, guys! Like, this sucks, but we're gonna have to redo some of these scenes." You know, I understand it's a budget constraint, and but the honestly, CG is just way looking at the pictures, do, it doesn't it look like it sucked. <laughs> yeah, see, that's unfortunate. That really check, makes it even check worse. Check the chat. I said okay. some in the chat. So some douchebag thought that okay. the effects look shitty and decided that, oh, let's CG over it, you know? Yeah, see, yeah. I'm fine with that, man. That doesn't look that bad. Yeah. It really doesn't. Dude, that doesn't look bad at all. What what the fuck's wrong with that one down in the in the left-hand corner? Yeah, look at the twisted face one looks way better, too. Yeah, well, yeah, you can tell that. Oh, wow, that's oh so you much. know what one looks way bad is the, the, the third one down on the right. <laughs> <laughs> that one looks really bad. That is really bit really fucking bad. <laughs> I wish we could show but, the visual of these guys right now because one, wow. I know. One thing that I don't like about the way they handle the thing in this film is they actually they do this thing where it moves way faster. It's like like almost like squid like or something. It's like got more tentacles and it's like like it's like more sly and not as like hidden, you know, mm-hmm. I, it's too like in your face. Like, I, I don't really like that. And the other thing that I don't think they performed very well 
is one of the main things you would think that would be cool about doing a prequel is exploring, maybe checking out the spaceship, right? Inside the spaceship, because you never see that. They go inside the spaceship and it just looks kind of lame. It's just big and it, it almost feels like the thing that they're fighting wouldn't even be in that. Mm-hmm. I think I would on, th- they should have yeah. made the inside like organic almost. Yeah. Like organic matter or something or like well consider considering they they come to the conclusion that that spaceship has been there for a hundred thousand years mm-hmm. you know it just it seemed to you know fucking not hundred thousand years ago style <laughs> that makes any sense but um i will it's admit modern. it is it's it's almost like a little too modern but uh, that, that's another thing these people don't look like they're from the 80s mm-hmm Oh, dude, and you know, honestly, man, you want to talk about the character? Man, the characters in this movie, dude, is everybody played by the same person or what? Right, right. Like you <laughs> except can't for tell- the chick, right? Exactly. <laughs> well, both the chicks. And thank God. Well, Did they no- explain why they're not speaking Norwegian? I might have missed some that. of them. Do it, it's yeah. But, it's, I mean, it's a, it's a miss. It's one of those weird fucking American things where you just have to English. I don't know. It may, it Could you imagine if they actually shot the whole movie in Norwegian? Because would they, you would anybody actually want that? It's actually a problem though, because like the guys that escape and you know the ones that are going after the the dog at the end and shit, like they're totally speaking Norwegian. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. carpet. It's you know, it's one of those things. But I mean, at least we get to look at fucking Mary Elizabeth Winstead. Hey, She's good looking, man. Know, She's fucking you hot. Just because the Carpenter crew says that there was a Norwegian base up there, that doesn't mean. They they know that there would be no Americans that you know that you know it, it, it's it, it would make sense that it was all Norwegians but mm-hmm. it doesn't really hurt too much <clears throat> I'm okay with it mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I I think the coolest idea that the thing prequel introduces I mean I think the movie would have made even less money if they would have done that so made it all subtitled yeah <laughs> well it just would never fly I mean nobody's yeah. going to see a subtitled movie in America. Um, I think the coolest thing that the thing prequel does is how they test for the thing is how they test with the fillings. Yeah. Yeah. That was a good thing it's, because you can't, you don't want to do creative. the same thing again. It's creative. Because, yeah. You know, Mick Reddy was kind of genius for thinking of that. And you're like, no way somebody else would think of that too. Yeah. Um, it's creative. So the fillings and the airings and stuff, which makes sense. It's kind of mm-hmm. cool. It's because I, and they explain it away. It's like, you know, it's, it's not organic, you know, and it can't be replicated. And I'm like, man, that's actually really yeah, fucking brilliant. Yeah, because they kind of mention it in the It's inorganic. It's a metal. Clothes. Like, they can't mimic the clothes because of the people, so they rip through the clothes. They figured and, out mm-hmm. they can only replicate organic material. And I'm like, that's yeah. fucking brilliant. Like, whoever thought of that when they're writing the script is like, that's pretty genius, dude. Because at that time in, at that time in time, in 1982... 99.9% of people had fucking metal in their mouth. Yeah. It's brilliant. It's so brilliant. Today, you couldn't really pull that off because there's some millenniums that probably don't have cavities because our Me. our dental is pretty good now. People brush don't their teeth and they don't cavity. have There you go. There yep. you fucking go, dude. You know, yep. you're a product of good times. So I think that's actually really genius. Really good. Really yeah, I like it too. Yeah, brush my teeth three times a day. That shit shouldn't fucking happen. Oh, the wife gets so mad at me. I brush my teeth in the morning. That's it. She brushes her teeth like three times a day and has cavities all the time. And yeah. I never get cavities, man. It's fucked. She gets so mad. She's like, how the fuck are your teeth so good? And I'm like, I don't know. 
That's <laughs> like the weirdest shit. Speaking of that, I went to the dentist yesterday. My mouth hurts like fucking hell. Went through a two-hour cleaning. So. Yep, I had braces twice. So. Oh, I couldn't even imagine. Never had braces. Braces twice, four grown-up teeth pulled, eight baby teeth pulled. What the fuck? I have my wisdom teeth pulled. How do you one, have, why, why do you have baby ones? teeth pulled? Because there wasn't enough room in my mouth for the grown-up teeth to come in. Oh, wow. Yeah, they fall out. That's great. Yeah, but that's <laughs> naturally what they're supposed yeah, to do. Yeah, but if the grown-up teeth are coming up, I they mean... They push the old ones out. I know, but if the ones that are supposed uh, to... You had a fucked-up yeah. mouth. Yeah. So I did bizarre. have a fucked-up mouth. So I had about 10 years' worth of fucking orthodontic work, so yeah. Jesus. Ugh. Yeah. Shit's so expensive. Uh-huh. <clears throat> All right, so what are we thinking for ratings? Oh, shit, I have to look it up. Um, I know what you gave it. <laughs> I gave it a six out of ten. Six. What do you give it, JP? I actually really like this movie. I liked it when I first seen it, and this is my only other rewatch or my only other watch. So I've only seen it twice. I've seen it when it came out. Um, I kind of fanboyed at it a little bit because I love the thing. And I just was so happy to see them care about the original, mm-hmm. um, minus the CG. And um, that's more production, though. That's more like the producers being douchebags than actually like the writers and stuff. Uh, so I've always liked it, and the CG is really the only thing I don't like, besides the fact that you know the characters are a little weaker. Um, but if you compare it to the you know '82 thing, it's not even comparable. But as its only th- as its own thing, literally as its own thing, um, <laughs> I like it a lot, dude. I- I'm coming in at an eight. You know, I wish this movie kind of had the same feel to it. You know, that kind of overall dread feel, like you know, Carpenter's does. It kind of does, but it's not the same. You know, I think it's more or less that you know that this just isn't going to end good for him. It's that whole thing about knowing the ending of a prequel. It comes off differently. It plays out differently for you. Music isn't as good. The characters aren't as good in this film. Kate's awesome to look at. I think she's sexy as shit. And I think they, they played off her character properly. Um, the CG really hurts this movie, man. It, it's just... It's very unfortunate that they didn't have the balls to actually use the practical effects that apparently don't look that bad to me. I think that would have been the right choice. Again, it's a big thing for me because... It's a big thing. <laughs> it's a big it's a big thing because you know you're making a prequel to a story that has amazing effects. You want to keep that on a level field. I understand why people didn't like it because of that. I get it. I can I can look past the faults a little bit here. I do like how they, they tied in the ending, you know, and there's certain aspects of the film that I really enjoyed. It's not a bad movie at all. It's not as bad as people ever make this movie out to be. It really is not. Seven and a half out of ten. It's, it's, nice. It's enjoyable. It's, it's actually, like, honestly, I enjoyed, I've only ever seen this movie twice. I watched it when it first came out. I, I bought the DVD. I actually rebought this movie recently on Blu-ray to watch it on See, Blu-ray. See, I wish I had the Blu-ray because, yeah, honestly, the, the DVD is not that good. Like The Blu-ray is pretty good. Yeah. Like, it's, it was I mean, $7. It normal, I was like, fuck, I, I, I gotta pick it up. I think that the the like the dvd like for in terms of like modern movies on dvd i think that it's like a little bit weak in terms of like the picture quality yeah yeah i i don't i don't remember what dvd looks like i guess you can probably get away with, or get rid of it now so 
might as well. I don't need the fucking DVD anymore. But uh, I thought the Blu-ray looked pretty good. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not as stunning as like the thing. The thing. I mean, for eighty-two cinematography and you know, that's, God damn, that Scream Factory looks so good. It does look good, man. It really does good. And you know, but it's that's fun- not even that's the two K transfer. You get the new Steelbook. There's that. The, the new 4K transfer on Jeez. it, yeah. yeah. I don't. So it looks I, even better. I don't. I don't own any of those steelbooks, and I won't. I don't. I'm not. Yeah. No. Fuck steelbooks. I hate steelbooks. It, it's a different transfer, but, though. That's yeah. Thing. I know, but it's it's the steel. I hate steelbooks, man. Not a fan. I don't hate them. I just don't. I'm not over the moon I, about them. Like every, everyone's always are. shocked when I say I don't collect steelbooks. Like you collect fucking everything. You don't collect steelbooks. I'm like, no. It's like I don't collect hard boxes either. Get off my dick. Come on. <laughs> So yeah, um, but yeah, that's the. Well, that's JP, you want to talk about the game? Yeah, just really quickly. Oh, the, game the game is really man. cool because it's actually a sequel. It picks up right after the events of the thing film, and you're basically a squad. Like you're you're the leader of a squad of like soldiers who are there to see what's going on, and you start. It's like a survival horror game. Like you start. Uh, investigating, trying to figure out what happens. You actually can walk to the Norwegian camp, which is pretty funny. <laughs> um, you just like walk through the snow. It, it's the the layout is exactly like. Dude, you should movie. be able to f- take a helicopter there, man. That would have been awesome. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but there's like lights that guide you like through the dark snow and stuff like that. Like the little lights that are sticking up out of the um the little. But isn't McGrady lights. in it at the end or something? I can't, I dude. I beat it back when it came out in like O two, yeah. and ha, and ha, I played it since, but I never beat it. It says Blake so, encounters a helicopter pilot who helps him defeat the Wilty thing. As the helicopter flies away from the base, the pilot reveals himself to be R.J. McGrady. Yeah, so he's probably. I think. Yeah, I think that he's still like that's the you know the sequel. Twist that so he's McGrady still lived, um, but Childs did it, and then. Um, the and the thing must childs must have been the thing because there's still things everywhere but they they make the things monsters more for the gameplay purposes like like they walk around like the little there's like a bunch of the one like little spider things that you have to fight and they did a cool system where um your squad would get if you would have to like give them weapons and like med kits because they would start freaking out and get more paranoid there's like a paranoid meter where you go mm. in and you see them like shaking it or like they look all normal or they're like shaking and stuff. But it has like all the cool locations. Like you go down in the tunnel and see that little spaceship that he built and stuff like that. It was a really good, really, really underrated game. It's, it's awesome. I own it still to this day. I own two copies of it actually, I think. Um, but yeah, it's, it's actually a sequel to the movie, which is cool. Yeah, that was cool. They seem to be doing that. It's like what the Alien game. Always doing sequels now. And it actually plays pretty well as a sequel. Yeah. Yeah. How so? Just like the way oh, that the narrative continues. was. Yeah. Just yeah. continues the story, you know. Because um, Carpenter sure had talked about, about this. <laughs> yeah. Car- oh, yeah. dude, and it's came so, out in like 2002. Hmm. Yeah, it's so um, like it's crazy. You know, it, it, it pays homage to the film very well, and it, you know, um, is very accurate, you know, to the to the film, and uh, very delicate 
handles the sub you know very respectful to the subject matter hmm. i don't know was carpenter involved in that at all i don't know i don't know too much about it i've never played it oh really it's a really it's good a, game i just know it's a thing no pun intended yeah um <clears throat> yeah it came out in 2002 i bought it because i remember seeing the trailer for it kept being on tv and i grabbed it and you know most video game adaptations suck but um yeah man this one this one was good coolio sweet all right so that's it yeah buddy first episode back that's it for the thing trilogy thank you sam for uh pain for that <laughs> yeah it's it, you know it's fun man it, it made me rewatch the the thing prequel which i'll be honest i i don't know if i was going to rewatch it, I, it my rating definitely came way up on it mm-hmm. i I'm, I'm i'm probably like i'm not sure because it was a long i watched when it came out 11 so it's you know eight years ago and i i, I bet you if i had to rate it back then i probably would have been like at a six somewhere in there Near Sig- me, sig- where I was. Significantly lower, yeah. I've only seen it once, so maybe if I'll, I watch it again later, I'll... Ne- you never know. ...have a new appreciation. But I, you know, I did the thing. You know, I watched um, Carpenters and then The Thing back-to-back one night, and it's fucking... It kind of worked for me. It worked. It's a good double feature. Mm-hmm. It's a good double feature, so... But yeah, that is going to conclude episode 153 thing trilogy yes i am super glad to be back no people i am not dying i'm just spending all your money (laughs) money. that's what i'm doing fuck that's some funny ass shit (laughs) still love that uh that's gonna get brought up a lot yeah one of my favorite things i ever read um, it's a new inside joke. Yes, it it's great. It's so great. It, it's just so funny because if you know me personally, it's like really the Patreon money, guys. But, anyways, Jeremy, take us out of here. All right, thank you everybody for listening to episode one hundred and fifty-three of the Twenty-Two Shots of Mood Tour podcast. As always, if you want to follow the man Moods himself, you could do so at YouTube.com/slash Moods six one six. And if you want to follow JP on his channel, youtube.com slash double shot J. And you can follow me on my channel, youtube.com slash NESRuler22. And if you have any questions, please leave us a voicemail. But don't leave us 50, 724-426-6665. can leave us a question at the email at 22shotsofmoodsandhorror at gmail.com. So 22shotsofmoodsandhorror at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter, twitter.com slash 22shotspodcast. Join us on the Facebook page, facebook.com, search bar 22 Shots of Moods and Horror Podcast, and please join us on the newly formed Discord link down below, and please support the Patreon so Moods can leech off it and get the sand sucked out of my vagina, patreon.com slash 22 Shots Podcast. So that should do it, everybody, for episode 153 of the 22 Shots of Moods and Horror Podcast. We'll be back next week with a What We Watch extravaganza, where we're reviewing 27 films for you guys so stay tuned for that 28 plus the bonus one or 27 plus the bonus 27 27 plus the bonus one 28 total so stay tuned for that actually 27 because one of them is a repeat oh that is a good point right that is a good point (laughs) 
27. It's great to be back. Adios, everybody. Nugs.